What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I want to let you know about Green Mountain Dental. Taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out online today or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You know the drill. Use that code DNVR20 anytime you order that Strava Craft Coffee to get your rich, tasty CBD-infused coffee. Good morning, gentlemen, and happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, a Friday pod with a weekend on the other side. What is this? Championship Friday. Mm. Because, of course, AFC and NFC championship games are this weekend maybe not the greatest day of football i think probably the greatest two days are the divisional round but pretty close and uh we're gonna get some new blood in the super bowl we're gonna get either the titans making their first appearance in 20 years or the chiefs making their first appearance in a half century when you put it like that are you pulling for the chiefs no, and, and the forty and the forty ers if they make it, they would make their first appearance in uh, Six seven years. years. Okay. Eh, and the Packers first appearance in nine years. So. Ah, yep. Anyone can make it before the Packers can. Apparently. And we'll get around to these games, but really quick, is there? Been, when's the last time both games were touchdown spreads in terms of AFC and NFC championship games? Uh, a while bad. It appears to be a bad bad Sunday setting up and we'll get into the games but one of those lines is very off one of the lines is <laughs> super stinky uh we will get into those and stinky or juicy stinky oh well i mean i guess Depending it's a matter of perspective <laughs> uh are you a stinky guy or a juicy guy i'm a juicy guy and that gets me in trouble <laughs> oh man speaking of juicy if you uh if you ran the old um Colorado team money line parlay last night. I was a juicy. Got the Avs, Nuggets, and Buffs. Mm, Yep. Shout out to the Buffs. Ranked number twenty. Oh, and rising. How have you? How have you not said that on this pod yet? You should know. I was disappointed. It's called nationally ranked for a reason. Everyone in the whole (laughs) nation should know it. I was disappointed that I had to find out that they were twentieth through the TV, not through you. The crazy thing is they lost two games at home. They should have. They win those. They're sixteen and one, and they're a top ten team. Well, the the other thing though, we talked about CU yesterday, and we talked about in terms of what their seed is. They could be looking at a four or five, and that's what matters far more than what the poll happens to say the poll means bupkis but it is crazy like they are a top 10 caliber team so all they had to do was beat northern iowa at home which northern iowa is just shooting crazy that night and they had a oh god i think they had a 12 point lead with under five minutes to go against oregon state and Mm. oregon state went to a 1-3-1 zone completely threw them off and then went on like a 15-3 run to 
or 16-3 run to finish the game. Something stupid. So who's their one legitimate loss? Kansas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's in fair. Kansas. In Kansas. In right. Kansas. Right. You were there. I was there. Got to stop going to games. I sh- well, what are they? One and one. They're on undefe- uh, on road in, games. In, no, in your presence. Oh no, they've won all the home games I've been at. Oh, you've been to a, a few. Oh yeah, a lot. Hmm. All almost all of them. Um, and you know what? This is the sort of year where CU can make a run because this is just an absolutely chaotic year in college basketball, maybe the the most chaotic in my lifetime. If you just take a look, for example, at the – I have bracketology up on my screen right now from ESPN.com. The Buffs currently are projected as a five seed playing Duquesne in Albany in the round of 64. But listen to uh, the – Albany. Yeah, that's yeah. like the one place I couldn't make it to. <laughs> but listen to the other protected – the top four seeds throughout the tournament as of this moment, according to ESPN – Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and Duke on the one line. On the two line, Butler, West Virginia, Michigan State, San Diego State out of the Mountain West. The three line, Florida State, Oregon, Auburn, Dayton, who CU beat. And they beat Oregon. On a neutral floor, and they beat Oregon. And on the four seed line, Seton Hall, Louisville, Villanova, and Maryland. The point is, you don't see a a Kentucky. You don't see a North Carolina. You do see Kansas and Duke, but this is a year where the unexpected has a greater chance of happening, and it favors CU maximizing this window and going on potentially a deep, deep run. Yep, they play Arizona on Saturday, 1230. If they win that one, now they're moving up to the 3-4 line, which is just, they can just keep climbing. Okay, enough, enough, enough. I'm sorry. Um, It's fun to talk about, though. It is fun. (laughs) Trust me, I could talk about it all day. Um, Yesterday... Phil Milani of DenverBroncos.com got an interview with Pat Shermer, the first we have heard from Mr. Shermer since he joined the Denver Broncos. And, man, what a fiery personality. Isn't that what you thought when you watched that video? Yeah, I thought, man, he and Vic are going to fire this team up so well. (laughs) We we were talking about this last night. I was on with uh, Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards on KOA. And I said, well, we're going to have to rely on Tom McMahon for our entertainment value at the coordinator press conferences because Jeez, yeah. Pat Shermer looks a lot closer to Ed Donatel in terms of demeanor, in terms of keeping his cards close to the vest than Rich Gangarello, who once he got going, when he got, when he, when he got ahead of steam, so to speak, he was very insightful, He's even also, if it wasn't what you necessarily wanted to hear. He also was kind of snappy at times. Yeah. Liked to uh, defend himself or his decisions. Um, liked to defend his players. Um, and could, like you said, he could kind of get on a roll. Like, you ask him about Noah Fant, and he says, like, Noah, this, that. And then he'll start, like, building on it. And he'll be like, you know, a rookie tight end, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Noah's going to be great. And well, I don't think we're going to get that. So, if I think you Vic's got to love Pat in if, terms of his media. If you haven't seen the video, Pat Shermer is as subdued as <laughs> one could ever possibly be. Oh, yeah, really happy to be here. Yeah, like no real excitement at any moment. Is he really happy to be here, though? Well, I think he'd rather be. He'd, he'd rather be a head coach Super with the Giants. The Giants. Right. Yeah, he'd rather they have had gone seven and nine or eight and eight and had a promising year. Don't you think it's time to New be York? over that by now? Did you not watch the video, Mace? He's really, really happy to be here. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if I were him, and I'd been to the mountaintop and 
I'd been a head coach of a team and had a disappointing season, and I had to settle back and be an offensive coordinator. I, I'm not sure I'd be really, really happy. If anything, actually, <laughs> I would probably not take a job right away if, if I were in Pat Shermer's shoes and I had a couple more years of head coach income coming for doing nothing. I'd probably go do nothing. It is insane how how much the power dynamics shift in the coaching world. Just a couple years ago, Pat Shermer was getting hired as a head coach, and he wanted to hire Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Now, Vic, like, there's a big power thing there. You know, like, hey, buddy, why don't you come work underneath me? Yeah. Then the, two years later, this man's just got fired. Uh, Vic Fangio now holds the power, and he's like, hey, buddy, why don't you come work underneath <laughs> me? And now Vic gets to call him buddy for the next couple of years. Not too long ago. John Embry was getting hired as the head coach at CU, and he hired Eric Bieniemy as his offensive coordinator. Now Eric Bieniemy is one of the hottest often, or was one of the hottest coaching candidates in the NFL, and John Embry is just a tight ends coach. Yep. And, and when he gets hired, when Bieniemy gets hired to be a head coach, maybe he calls up John Embry. He's like, "Hey, why don't you come be my OC?" You, know, <laughs> you like- scratch my back, I scratch yours. It happens all the time in terms of having that dynamic reversed and you know the the coaches they they remember the person that reached out to them and uh, did them a favor or wanted to do them a favor and they also remember the people that were loyal lieutenants and for example there's an excellent chance barring any snags that Pat Shermer will bring Mike Shula his quarterbacks coach from the New York Giants he also had the offensive coordinator title last year with the Giants will bring him out to Denver to be the quarterback coach in 2020. It's all about connections. It is all about connections. And and let's get to the comments made by Shermer, if uh, your computer volume goes loud enough to be able to hear them. <laughs> he was asked about Drew Locke. And this was the best answer of all, in my opinion. And, and we'll get into um, this in a second. He said, obviously, we were in the market for a quarterback last year, and we had a very, very high opinion of Drew. We did a lot of work on him and we were certain that he was going to have an outstanding career. He also said the development of our young quarterback is going to be critical as we move forward. Real quick, someone responded to me on Twitter and said, well, what else is he supposed to say? And what I responded to them was, you could say that about any non-controversial comment ever, is what else is he supposed to say? I actually think he went a little bit above and beyond what you have to say. What he had to say was, I think Drew is a very good young quarterback, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. That's the baseline of, you know, just say what you're supposed to say. But he said two varies, very, very high opinion of him. He also said we were certain that he was going to have an outstanding career. Now, maybe he's um, – hyperbolizing if that's a a real word there but I think he went a little bit above and beyond what you have to say and I think it was the only question in this entire thing that he showed a little bit of passion about yeah well it's a shame because Drew's obviously in New York with that number five overall pick right he's not oh he's not even though he was certain he was going certain he was going to to have an outstanding career I do think I do think there's uh, a lot of fluff in this answer well, maybe they were certain that Daniel Jones was going to have a phenomenal career. A very, very outstanding career, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no telling. Like, like it's clear that someone in the building 
like Daniel Jones more than Drew Locke. Uh, maybe they all did. But there's no telling. What if Daniel Jones, in a weird world, went at three, that they wouldn't have taken Drew Locke at six? Yeah, may- maybe they would have. And, and, and all the reports are that Pat Shermer did like Drew Locke. So I'm not saying that I don't believe him. Um, I wish he just would have said, like, actually, he was my preference. Right, well, right. That would have been great. But but well, uh, well, so, but, but there's something that has to come up here, though. Go for it. All right. Dave Gettleman told WFAN yeah. in New York, quote, yep. we looked at all the quarterbacks and right up front, Pat was most enamored with Daniel. Right. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Does so Pat that. Shermer have a relationship with David Cutcliffe? Is there any of that sort of dynamic? There probably is some communication simply because of Eli Manning and Eli always going down to Duke every spring to work out with his receivers. And so I'm sure I'd be flabbergasted if there wasn't some communication between Pat Shermer and David Cutcliffe saying, okay, how did Eli and the guys do? What, what did they, you know, you know, I'm sure they probably even kind of tailored some stuff that they, that, that they worked on based on stuff that Pat Shermer was putting in the offense. I'm, if there wasn't a line of communication between the two of them, I think it would, it would be hard to believe. So, so, I, so I, it doesn't surprise me that Pat Shermer would have been turned on to Daniel Jones early in the process, probably by David Cutcliffe. I just think that the whole David, like David Cutcliffe got Daniel Jones drafted in the first round. Like, I think that was like the only thing that was a boon to his stock mm-hmm. is just Cutcliffe was just like calling everyone he knows, pounding the table, saying like, this kid is different. You got to take him. You're going to love him. He's incredible. He's so smart. He diagnoses everything. He's got a great catchable ball. I mean, just like, because in the end, it is fantastic for David Cutcliffe that he had a quarterback drafted in the top six of the NFL. And now he can call up every quarterback in the nation and say, look at this. You don't have to go to Alabama. You don't have to go here. You don't have to go there. You don't have to go the other place. Come here. I'm the best quarterbacks guru in the world and I will get you drafted. And the people that I tell, they listen to me. So while I do think that he was going to say, or while I do think that was kind of a fluff answer, I do think it's important that he is, he didn't say he's committed to him, but this answer would very much lead to that. Now, if we ever get to talk to Pat Trimmer, which I believe will happen next week, the question will be asked, is Drew Locke your guy? Is he your starting quarterback? Are you comfortable moving forward with him? Then we'll get a a more certain answer on that, or at least we hope so. But it is good to know that he likes him. So so I'll say that there was something to that. Because he could have said, you know, when asked specifically about Drew Locke, he could have gave the answer uh, that he gave similar about the the young offense. He could have said, you know, a lot of young. He could have taken a step back. Or he could have dodged it and said, there's a lot of young, good young players on this roster. That's exactly what I'm saying. He, He could have just took a step back and looked at the entire offense and said that. And then that would have been like, oh, wow, his first opportunity to talk about Drew and he's and he's avoiding it. Or he could have given a John Elway sort of answer, even when asked about Drew Locke, said, uh, oh, you know, he, he showed some good things. Uh, he still needs to improve in a lot of areas. He could have given that. So I do take a, a positive from him just being ultra positive about him. That's probably the best quote about Drew Locke by any person <laughs> employed as a football staff member with the Denver Broncos. Is that concerning? 
I mean, we've gone over that plenty of times. <laughs> Considering that it's coming from somebody who hasn't worked a day with Drew Locke? Right. Who's it's never just, met him, probably. I mean, there's just the or whole... L- I don't care about Fangio. Fangio's lukewarm on everything. But LA being lukewarm on it was just weird, and I, I'll never understand it. Unless they make a move in March. Mm-hmm. Then you'll understand then it. Then I'll understand it, and I'll... And call them idiots. And that's... And Zach might be saying, yeah, you did what I told you to do all along. <laughs> hey, Drew's my guy, but what if he? What if he's not Pat Shermer's guy? What if Pat comes in and says, yeah, you know, I, I definitely like Drew. And John's like, yeah, yeah, we, we like him too. And there's just kind of some awkward tension in the room when Vic, John, and Pat meet. And because uh, they're just not saying, no one's saying that they love him. And uh, John, John and Vic realized that they just took a step back on offense by, by hiring Pat to hopefully take, you know, 100 steps forward. And they say, well, shoot, if we're starting at zero or five or 10, why don't we just start over? And why don't we get in the guy that we all love and that we're all head over heels on. And I don't agree with it because I love Drew and I love what I've seen from him. I've loved him. I, I've loved everything about him. But for some reason, it doesn't appear that Vic and John love him. Still undecided about Pat. But what if they say that? What if they say, you know, we did take a step back. In order to take those 100 steps forward, let's get in the guy that we all love. Who's I'd like guy? to know who's who the guy? guy. Who's the guy? I don't know. Okay, here's Justin the thing. Herbert. No, here's the thing. In John's eyes, it could be. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Drink, here's drink, the drink, thing. drink, drink, drink. The audience is gone right now. <laughs> they're they're plastered. <laughs> Not making it to segment three. If it was Tua, I'm down to have this conversation because I think Tua is a perfect, and I truly mean perfect fit in this offense. It's. Say that again. I, I love hearing that, right? It's everything that you could want from this offense. But he's not going to be there. So if you want to start talking about trade-up scenarios and this and that, and you got to get over some thirsty teams <laughs> yeah. to get to a, then I'll live in that world. But I say this with 100% confidence. There is nothing about Justin Herbert that is better than Drew Locke. 100% no. agree. Especially not leadership. And presence. Now, then let me ask you this. We had the Trevor Burrow lock debate. For you, what if it's Tua Burrow lock? Then what are you doing? For me, I mean, I'm still going lock number one, um, Burrow number two, Tua number three, but I think the, that Pat Shermer would rank them differently. Would he go 201? Burrow, Burrow two. and lock. But I'm not sure Elway would have Tua that high. I don't. I don't think shorter, so either. Shorter quarterback, left-handed. It's crazy. It's crazy that he's going to be uh, the first starting left-handed quarterback since Michael Vick. Really? Yep. Lefties have worked out reasonably well. Michael Vick, Mark Steve, Brunel, Steve Young. Yep. Uh, Tim Tebow, of course. And if worked Pat, out swimmingly. <laughs> if Pat Shermer is this, this guru, couldn't he make an offense for a left-handed quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't change that much. <laughs> the other thing with Pat Shermer is that Just he... Put your offense in a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> he, it's funny you mention uh, Michael Vick um, because Shermer was still with the Eagles yep. when Michael Vick got there. Because Shermer was with the Eagles in 2010, right? 
2010 to 2013, I believe. No, because well, he came back in 2013. Okay, okay. Cleveland yeah. was 2011, 2012. Oh, right, The right, point right. being, when Michael Vick had that outstanding season in 2010 and the Eagles got to the playoffs, Pat Shermer was I with the Eagles. I don't think so. I don't, because when I was going through my... Wasn't he 2002 to 2008? When I was going through my season, no, he's never had. Uh, he had Mike Vick for six. Oh games. my bad, he, yeah. Rams. Yeah, he had Mike Vick. That was for when he had Sam Bradford. Okay, he had Mike Vick for six games at the beginning of the season, which ends up being the Nick Foles season. Mm. And Vick was they were two and four. And when then Nick Foles Vickest. went off. Yep. Um. All right. So so much for that about left-handed quarterbacks. <laughs> he has coached a but, left-handed quarterback. But here's which another kind of rare. But here's that. another thing that is in. Pat Shermer's background in the 1990s <laughs> for three seasons he worked under Nick Saban Love it. at oh. Michigan State interesting oh maybe Mel Tucker was there too from 1990-97 so what happened was he was there under George Perlis and then when George Perlis retired got eased to the door and Nick Saban came in I believe Pat Shermer was there. Yep. Michigan State, 95 to 99. So three seasons for Pat Shermer under Nick Saban. So if you talk about the Tua connection, Pat Shermer could call up his old buddy Nick. Mm. Yep. But also, but that's not going to get him to the top three. Of the no, no, no. But <laughs> let's take it another step further. Let's talk about Alabama receivers. Let's talk about maybe – I don't think you trade up for Jerry Judy, even though I love him. I'd consider trading up for him. Henry Ruggs, or any Alabama player, maybe the fact that Pat Shermer is in the Broncos building right now means that John Elway's streak of not drafting Alabama players ends because Pat Shermer can go to Nick Saban and his old boss and find out what's up on all of these guys coming from out of the Crimson Tide. Did you hear in the uh, Saban-Belichick special that Saban said that Belichick is the only coach who's ever called him and asked him about an Alabama player. No way. <laughs> what? Or yep. is Saban the only one that answers? Or is Saban, Saban only I don't answers? Be- honestly, okay. I don't believe that. That's what he said. I know he said that. I, just, I don't believe that. Maybe it's GMs calling, scouts calling, and not head coaches. But how do you not do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust a word from a college football coach ever, unless it was Mel Tucker. Would, would you trust what Saban says to Belichick? Yes. So why would John not become good friends? Not just with Saban, because I like him, but with, with as many top at, uh, college coaches as possible. Why wouldn't John make more friends is a good question <laughs> for a lot of answers. But, but he didn't come up the same way as a lot of GMs. A lot of GMs came up through the scouting ranks, scouting and personnel, and yep. you make contacts around the league that way. And I know that when John Elway got the GM job, there are there were a lot of scouting type lifers in the NFL who that didn't sit well with them. Sure, because they didn't feel like Welcome he'd, to life. Yeah, they didn't feel like he'd paid his dues. Someone like Ozzie Newsom, after he retired, works for the Browns as you know one of the grunt guys, what they used to call the slappies. After Bill Belichick got that job, Ozzie Newsom is perceived to have worked his way up as a Hall of Fame player, who then got in on the ground floor, advanced, and eventually became the Ravens' GM, although he had a pretty swift rise. It was six years from the time he retired to when he became GM. John Elway was not 
perceived in scouting circles to have that. And I think that's why for a few years you had a resentment in scouting circles of John Elway. Yeah, deal with it. Life yeah. isn't fair. <laughs> you know, like um, you could say that Joe Ellis worked his way up, which is true. He started as an intern with the Denver well, Broncos. The, the, but you, you don't get that internship underneath Pat Bowen unless you have some connections. What about <laughs> what happens when – you know, you people in the NFL, they like to refer to it as, oh, it's the ultimate meritocracy. Well, as we see sometimes, that's a load of crap. Yeah. There's also a lot of nepotism involved. I mean. Look at Mike I... Zimmer in Minnesota. Oh, I've, I need a new a new coordinator. Why don't I just make my son coordinator? Exactly. Or I looked at um, Steve Adazio. I think his defensive coordinator is his son. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> everywhere. Look at Mike Shanahan's staff towards the end of his time here in Denver. You had, you know, around the building, you had the strength coach's son. You had Kubiak, uh, you had Kubiak kids. You had Bob Slowick and his son. Yeah. You had Jimming Jeff Goodman and personnel. It was absurd how many, how much, how many familial connections, how much nepotism was in the building at that time. And if I were running an organization and someone said to me, I know the best person for this job, and it's my sibling my child, my cousin, whatever, I'd say, go find somebody else. Yeah. But I don't, the thing because is, the more, I don't want another family member here. The more comfortable a coach gets in their surroundings, the more golden lifeboats get handed out. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, your son, he needs a 100K a year job. Bring him on in. Yeah. Oh, my son. Oh, the owner's friend's son. You know, like. They start thinking, like, it doesn't matter who you surround me with. I've got a system here. It's just going to work no matter what. Anyways, I think that there is a chance that Pat Shermer could like some other guys more than Drew Locke. And I think that Joe Burrow would be in that conversation and Tua would be in that conversation. The Broncos aren't getting those guys. And so, like I said – I mean, I've already said this about if you left the senior bowl thinking that Daniel Jones was better than Drew Locke, you're psycho. Um, but I say, so you're Dave Gettleman. Yes. <laughs> I feel the same way about Justin Herbert. If you look at Justin Herbert and try and tell me somehow, some way that he is a better quarterback than Drew Locke, especially knowing what we now know about Drew Locke, you're crazy. So I'm going to give him one pass. They messed up on Daniel Jones. I, it's not going to happen twice. Yeah. And now, so you really quick, you would be okay if they traded maybe Drew and uh, first to move up to get to a hell no. Oh, you wouldn't be okay with it. You would just understand it. I would know why they did it. Okay. But I would not be okay with it. There's no indication this is going to happen, by the way. Let me just make that clear. Oh, yeah, right. but we're, right. just, we're speaking we're, in hypotheticals, we're which sometimes people on Twitter get really upset about. I don't think it's crazy, though, to think that Shermer would come in, Elway and Vic would realize we're taking a step back as an offense. Why not? Why don't we just reset and get everyone on the same page and get our quarterback? That, I wouldn't do it. I think it's, I think it's totally well, crazy. Well, let me give you a nightmare scenario with that, then, that they decide they're going to do that and they're hitting the reset button on a young quarterback – but that means, hey, we can keep Joe Flacco for another year. Oh, oh boy. I don't think that one's happening. I would hope not. I just, I, I mean, you, you, you've done the hardest thing in football. 
You found your quarterback. You have been in the depths, the darkest, deepest pits of the NFL. You've seen how scary it can be in the monsters that live down there. And now you're going to roll the dice and risk that you're going to go back down there? That would be insane. It would be. <laughs> it, it, it would be. But what's also insane is not naming Drew Locke your starting quarterback, not really showing a lot of love for him, just, I'll just, just say liking this. him. Behind closed doors, I know that Drew has been told all those things. I don't know either being weird about it publicly. I don't know which one, which side is more believable. But I know that behind closed doors, Drew has been told he's the guy. He's been told that that that, that he's their plan. They're going to build around him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Has and, he been told this by people who are still working for the organization? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, but, if T.C. McCartney tells him that, uh, you know. So well, what? He, he's not, he has no power to say that in the first place. He'd be speaking out of turn. Well, unless he's been told, hey, you're the position coach. You really relay this message. Yeah, no, this is the right people have told him that. So just something to chew on. People thought Tim Tebow was going to be the guy for the 2012 season at this point that year. too. Well, that's the thing is I don't understand why they don't just come out and say it. You can you can always just be lying. Because I think when you tell someone behind closed doors, that's smart. Why would you not tell Drew? Why would you not tell them? Say it publicly. Because you're really not sure. It doesn't matter. You can change your mind. Oh, I agree. But I'm saying I think the public one is what speaks loud. Yeah. If you don't tell the if you don't tell the public, then that gives you an out. Whereas if John Elway had definitively declared Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback at his season-ending press conference and then had gone back on that, one of the first questions would be, well, you, you said this about Drew Locke. What yes. changed? And he just says, I changed my mind. Yeah. New options came about, and, and that, it's over. And, and that's then, what we said. It's and then very you, easy for Elway to do that. And then you've given some fans a week of content <laughs> saying that John Elway can't make up his mind. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you can't operate worrying about questions you're going to be asked or things that people might say about you on the radio. <laughs> and, right. and the thing is, the, the way to get around that would be very easy. You could say, it, let's say they are enamored with Tom Brady. I hope not. But, like, Elway could say something like, well, when you have a chance to get a six-time Super Bowl winner. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so easy to get out of it. I, I don't know why you don't just say... Are you kidding me? Of course he's the guy. You've seen what we've had around here for the last few years. I almost thought I was going to ask that question if I got the mic early enough, and I almost thought that it could be treated like that, like a, a John kind of sass question because it's like, what do you mean? Of course, he just went 4-1. and one. Of course he's the guy. Right. Um, okay. Panthers went 4-1 and one with Matt Moore down the stretch of 2009. I'm just saying. Okay, mm -hmm. if you can't, there are false positives. Mm. If you can't figure this out with your eyes, you don't need to just look at the paper and see the record. You got to be able to figure it out with your eyes. If you can't see that in Drew Lock, I can't help you. Um, let's get into the playoffs. Let's get into our predictions for this week's games, the lines, etc., etc., etc. So both games seven and a half points favoring the home team. Like I said earlier, I think one of those. Is crazy, and Ryan, you kind of agreed. Which which one's crazy? I think we think different ones are crazy. Okay, well, maybe maybe not. I think we think the same one's crazy. Okay, then we think the same. <laughs> one. I think that the Packers Forty oh. ers line is crazy. No, nope, we think different ones. Why? Wow. Um, 
the 49ers aren't that much better than the Packers. I know they wiped the floor with them in a one-off scenario. That's the old 20%, right? You got the Packers on one of their 20% worst days, and you got the 49ers one of their 20% best days, and that's the type of thing that happens. The chances of that happening, again, are rare. We're going to see it land somewhere in the middle, and I think this ends up being a one-score, very close game. So what would you put the line at? Three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Okay, so you, you give the uh, the push over the three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then... Packers. You're picking the Packers. Yes. Oh, three and a half. You'd favor, though, the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 49ers minus three and a half. I'll take the Packers, but I'll, I get seven and a half. Yep, yep. You, you get those points. Now, what do you think happens in the game? It's a coin flip. I, I think it's going to end up being whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. So you're not going to give me a, a pick? Uh Great podcasting. <laughs> I, I'll say I'll say that the Packers are going to win, but Packers going to win. I, I like my seven and a half I points. I hate hearing that, Ryan Mace. What do you think in this? Of game? course, you hate hearing that because Aaron Rodgers is not your guy. Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Jimmy G. It's not even close. I'll, I have a take on Rodgers in a minute. I'll bet you it's steaming. <laughs> Like the pile of poo that it is, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Mace, I imagine you're taking the Packers, right? You know, you guys know who I'm picking because yeah. my Super Bowl picks are still alive. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> both of them. You're right. Yeah. So it's... then, obviously, you get the seven and a half too. Yeah. On this game in particular, as badly as the Packers played when they went out to San Francisco last time, I don't think they play like that again. I would actually say the ease with which the 49ers won that game back in November gives the Packers a bit of an advantage because they have a chance, I think, to maybe ambush them and surprise them a little bit. Trojan horse. And that number, I'm not. I've, I've got. I'm taking. I'm picking the Packers to win straight up because they're my Super Bowl pick. So it's obvious I'm going to take the points as well. I feel very confident that in in taking the points, though, that even if the Packers don't win this game, that it go it goes down to the end and it's decided by three or four points. I gotta say, I am surprised. I guess by both lines being being at seven and a half. But what this tells me is quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill when they go on the road in the playoffs, seven and a half point underdogs. So, Aaron Rodgers, seven and a half point underdog. Stop. I gotta equate him to the Ryan Tannehills of the world. Mace, you I think uh or no, I guess I said earlier this week that Aaron Rodgers is above average, and that's the way Ryan Tannehill's been playing. Above average. So he's thrown for under a hundred yards in both of these games. Ex- exactly. That my is my, a- my point exactly. So Aaron Rodgers, just going off what Vegas is saying, is Ryan Tannehill. And I'll give him that. I'll that's- give him that. He he's a guy that can start in the league. And that's that's what he is. And that uh, is an objectively terrible take because <laughs> let me just go through some of the quarterbacks whose teams have been underdogs by seven or more points in conference championship games. John Elliott. Well, let's start with re- recently. Okay. Now Blake Bortles. Okay, yeah, he stunk. Yep. Ryan but then Tannehill, you had Blake Bortles. It fits stop. in. Keep Aaron Rodgers. Yep. It fits in. Aaron Rodgers doesn't fit in. Andrew Luck. Okay. Go back a few years, another quarterback, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, who, by the way, has two rings on his finger, Steve, Mc- fingers, Steve McNair, league MVP, Donovan McNabb, 
a great question. Tom Tom Brady was a 10-point underdog. His team was a 10-point underdog going into Pittsburgh back in January of 2002. 2002. What so this was this was Brady's first year. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. That, there you go. He's Tom Brady year 1. That's, I'm sorry, how, that's Mace. how good he is. Brett this Favre. isn't turning out to be a good argument. <laughs> Brett Favre was a was a was a, was a that's better. his team was a 9-point underdog. John Elway. Wait, 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 that was was that with the Vikings? No, that was with the Packers. Okay, okay. John Elway's Broncos were a 12-point underdog going to Buffalo in the AFC Championship game. What year? February or January of 92. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Vegas was probably never going to give the Broncos any love. Joe Montana's 49ers were a 10-point underdog going to Washington in January 1984. Yeah, you got to go, what is that, 30 years back now? Here's Ken Stabler's Raiders. (laughs) Oh, my. I mean, come on. Ryan, tell me what the thing is. You've got (laughs) two quarterbacks who are uh, Ryan Tannehill caliber in these playoffs left over. It's Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy G. And then you have two elite (laughs) quarterbacks. That are Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Those two guys are going to be seeing each other soon. Well, I can get behind that that first take that maybe there are two Ryan Tannehills and it's Jimmy G and Ryan Tannehill. But what does that say about Aaron Rodgers that he's a seven and a half point underdog to the Ryan Tannehills of the world? It says it's, check out the 49ers defensive line. Front seven overall. They're getting back Brian Bulaga on the right side, which should yeah. be huge. What I don't want to hear is that it's Aaron Rodgers because it's they Packers have a good team. Their defense is good. Uh their offense, they have they have a running game now. Whose they defense have, would you take? 49ers or Packers? Without a doubt. 49ers. Without a doubt the 49ers. Okay, there you go. But that doesn't mean that Packers defense is bad and the Packers don't have weapons. They, whose whose O-line would you take? 49ers. Whose tight end Although would you Whose tight a, end would you take? 49ers. Who's running back would you take? 49ers. No, Packers. No way. You take the 49ers running back? Running backs, yes. Running backs? Well, I take their room. Yeah, I'm still taking. I'm taking Packers. Yeah. So um, basically with the Packers, I'm taking their quarterback and I'm taking their receivers. And I'm taking their running back too. But there's parts of their defense. I mean, it, it's. here. I actually like um, the Packers defense versus the 49ers offense as a really good matchup for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, I like the 49ers defense against the Packers offense. I guess that means I'm taking the under. Um, this is it's going to be a really good game. And I think that in, in these situations, it's very easy for me to take the better quarterback. Mm. Which I guess would be Jimmy G. Stop. And that's why I'm that's taking just... – that's why I think – I do think, thinking about it, I think this line is easy money. But come on, I can't take the Packers to even cover. I Give me the 49ers to blow them out again. What was it, 37 to 8? 38 to 7? Something The first stupid, time yeah. they played? Like you said, something stupid. Aaron Rodgers, this great quarterback, you know, quote unquote. You're- 104 <laughs> passing yards in that game? Richard Sherman's going to have some fun with Aaron Rodgers taking him to school. It's going to be just a repeat of that. So give me the 49ers to win this game. Give me the 49ers, and I'll give you both the seven and a half points to win this okay, game we'll on take their way Let's to the move Super Bowl. on. The other game. <laughs> but not, before we go on, I just have to say I'm sorry. Based on 
what I told you about Aaron Rodgers in the postseason over the last decade, saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers at this point until until Garoppolo shows otherwise when it matters most is an objectively terrible take. Yes, he's purposely having a bad take. Well, wait, you just have to move on. What's uh, <laughs> what's what's Jimmy Garoppolo's record in the playoffs? Is he one and zero? One and zero. See a thousand. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Tim Tebow was that. one and zero at one point. How'd that turn out the next week? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe some team should have stuck with him. Macy, you just gotta <laughs> let Zach have his bad take and just move on. You're it never won't be gonna... a bad take on Monday. Because I feel like that. I can change your mind somehow, <laughs> and I can drag you back to this place the rest of us call Earth. No, no, just no. I'll be shooting him to the sun on Sunday. All right. And so you think, Zach, that the Chiefs are going to blow out the Titans? But you said, like, this week that the Titans were going to win. I think this is, again, I think it's easy to take the Chiefs. I think this, I'm, I'm actually surprised it's not like that line uh, 30 years ago, 12 points, 13 and a half points. I'm surprised it's not all the way up there for the Chiefs. Look, this team dropped 51 points in three quarters last week. Against a Really bad defense. Mm-hmm. And, and Tennessee's much different. And I don't expect the Chiefs to drop 51 this week, but I'm just, that's how explosive they are. They have so many things that can't be covered and you can't defend against because, you know, if you defend against Mahomes well, well, then he escapes and then it's that second play and that's so hard to cover. But Derrick Henry. Oh my God. But Derrick Henry is going to go for 200. He's just he's like a fine wine. He gets better as he ages. And he's just stacked on games. And he's just gonna keep climbing that ladder. And this week he's gonna go over two hundred yards and keep the Chiefs from making the Super Bowl. Give me the Titans with the seven and a half, even though it should be thirteen and a half, and give me the Titans just to win straight up. <sighs> I hope you're right more than anything <laughs> in the entire world. Um doesn't sound promising. We know that the Chiefs have made life miserable on quarterbacks of recent. How has how has their run defense been in this surge against teams that run the ball? I just don't know the answer. Um, I want to believe in the Titans so badly. I really do. But I can't even forge some belief. I can't even fake it. Um, I think that they're – that the Chiefs are going to commit every single defensive resource they have to stopping Derrick Henry and say, you can have one-on-ones wherever you want them, Ryan Tannehill. And even if Ryan Tannehill throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns, it's still not even going to be close to enough. So because of that, I've got the Chiefs winning this one in a way that's so easy that they end up being heavy favorites in the Super Bowl. So would you agree with me about the line? Like 13 and a half? Yeah, I know why it's not there. Because there is people that believe that Derrick Henry just can't be stopped no matter what you do. And Smart people. I just... Do you know what the line is right now? For If you were going to bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl right now, I would say minus 150. I'm surprised you went minus, but it is. Or, mi- no, I meant plus. I meant plus. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Nope. It's minus 115. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you can't even get any value on the Chiefs right now to win their next two games. Wow. You're basically parlaying them 
a money line parlay of their next two games, regardless of the Super Bowl opponent, and you're still not getting plus money. No, that's that's nuts. Do the Titans have Titans have to have the worst odds then? Yeah, it's plus seven fifty. Plus seven fifty. And the Packers are plus five fifty, which I actually think you could get some value there. Um the 49ers are minus 105, which I thought was also surprising. 49ers? Yep. Minus 145? Minus 105. 105. So they're the second wow. favorite, obviously. So Vegas is saying this is a two-man race. Yep. Wow. And we're not even going to entice you to pick one team. And like I said, Vegas knows what's up. They're putting the two Ryan Tannehills of the world, giving them no chance. With, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. I don't know why the Packers aren't better. And it's not because of I can of tell you why. <laughs> you can say why you'd be wrong, but you can say why. Uh, I think yeah. their offense just is a bad I think offense. Matt LaFleur is overrated. Yeah, very overrated. I, I think, actually, Matt LaFleur, I think he's a good head coach as far as getting everything together, the bigger picture. But this is two consecutive years in which Matt LaFleur's offense has underwhelmed because, remember, he was calling plays in Tennessee – Took him a long time to figure out that Derrick Henry was the good plow horse that he could ride. <laughs> That's true. It's a good point. And I actually think Matt LaFleur's play calling is the biggest weakness of the Packers. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, if they would have just hired Cliff Kingsbury, I think they would be the Super Bowl favorites right now. <laughs> but Matt LaFleur, I think he's I think maybe Matt LaFleur's this generation is Brian Billick. Hmm. He had that great year, obviously, coordinating the Vikings offense in 98, but in Baltimore, his offenses were less than stellar. But he consistently had good teams. Yeah. So he couldn't figure out things on the offensive side in the way that he wanted to, but he was clearly a good head coach for that team. All right, And Mace, I think that's where the Packers are with Matt LaFleur. You are picking – well, you, I guess you can still have your Super Bowl picks without giving the points, but are you giving them? I'm – I'm gi- I'm giving him. I'm saying the Chiefs win by ten. I think they get a late touchdown to push the double digits and end up breaking open a, a close game toward the end. So I think the final is something like thirty to twenty. I think I'm really opening up my uh, chance of being really wrong here. I'm going to predict that the Chiefs win twenty-seven to three. Ooh. Wow! There you go. Blowout. Blowout written all over it. And, so he's uh, no longer the Tana Goat, huh? He never was and never will be. So there we go. You guys both take the Chiefs with the points, the Packers. You get the points. I'm going 49ers and Titans, so I'm picking against you guys. Bad Isn't ratings. that the Super Bowl matchup the NFL wants least? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. probably because you don't even get the Aaron Rodgers star angle. I, the right. one they want most is Chiefs-Packers. Yeah. They want, oh, they want Aaron Rodgers. And well, Patrick Mahomes, in the NFL's 100th season, they want the rematch of the first Super Bowl game when it wasn't even called the Super Bowl. It was called the AFL-NFL Championship. If we're going to have a Everything Ryan. about Packers-Chiefs wow, screams f- that this is what they want. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that when I was making my pick. Conspiracy. They're totally going to make sure the Packers win. <laughs> yep. And to what I would say to that is, if you're going to have a Ryan Tannehill in the game, might as well have Ryan Tannehill himself in the game. Stop. <laughs> um, that's happening. Wow. I hope that happens. You know what? I've already come to terms with the, with the Chiefs winning this week, so I'm not even going to get my hopes up about that. I hope they lose the Super Bowl on an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary. Ah! 
I'd like to see Zach's reaction if that happens. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. And Ryan Zach can call it luck, but I just want to watch. <laughs> I just want to watch the melt. Like I, it's not luck when you do it as often as Aaron Rodgers has done it. It's true. I just. He's done it once. Hail Marys for he has, wins. He has one ring. Oh no, he's done it. Hail once. Marys. He's done what at least three, three or four times that is in luck. his career. That is luck. No, no it's the not when you do it that often. That is luck. No. Yes. How come he's done it more than everyone else? He's a lucky dude. No. Um. <laughs> Whatever. I. I would love. You're that. gonna die yeah. on this hill, aren't you? <laughs> I know. I know that the Chiefs are gonna waltz into the Super Bowl so easily, and I just pray that they lose in the most heartbreaking possible way imaginable. So, really quick question for you two: Who has the better chance of beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Probably the Niners. The better defense, they can get four-man pressure. I gotta go with the Packers. You know who I'm picking. The 49ers, of course. I, I'm When it comes to Aaron going against Patrick Mahomes, it's the whole thing of, okay, Mahomes is going to do his thing. He's going to rack up some numbers. Who can go possession for possession, throw for throw with him? Aaron and Jones. I think Aaron Rodgers can do that better than Jimmy Garoppolo can. I just think you you have to beat the Chiefs with defense. And I think that you have to get – you have to force Mahomes into some bad plays and bad decisions. But I don't think anyone can beat them. I think they're winning, and they're going to win easily. Wow. Way to put everyone in a good mood on this Friday. Sorry. So you have what, what you're saying is you have 48 hours to get your Chiefs non-Super Bowl takes in. You, 48 hours to get all those jokes about yep. them being <laughs> yeah. the last time being in the Super Bowl that the Beatles were together, Spiro Agnew was vice president, uh, Nixon was not considered overly corrupt. Yeah, but you can say the same things. You can just you, the next week you can use the jokes about when they've won the Super Bowl. Right. Which technically, they've. Never but I don't want to run. I don't want to run the risk of losing them. Look, I'm pulling for the Titans. <laughs> I'm pulling for not having to write new material this off season. Oh, I think most of us are, and I think most of America is. And despite you know, Patrick Mahomes is a likable guy, so it's not like a, a Patriots type of thing. But I think everyone wants to see the little guy get in. Well, then why aren't they pulling for the, the Titans? Biggest little guy. Ever. <laughs> yeah. They are yes. pulling for the Titans. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the six three two fifty little guy. Yep, <laughs> the the little engine that could. <laughs> Derrick Henry. All right. Well, when you're watching the games on Sunday, make sure you line up some Breck brews. What do we got? You know, eight hours of football to oh, to work with. Yeah. And so you're gonna need a lot. Uh, but get yourself a 12-pack, six per game. You should be fine. <laughs> and, little mixer? Uh, I oh, you're might not do a numbers on the stomach to drink 12 <laughs> different beers in one day. But I think over eight hours, 12 beers is okay. Yeah, absolutely. I just saw a thing today that binge drinking for guys is five drinks in two hours. And for ladies, it's four drinks in two hours. I thought that was actually – it gave me some hope. I'm like, oh, okay. I That's only order bad. doubles. Does that count as two? <laughs> uh, no, we'll say one. Oh, then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, I hardly binge drink. <laughs> and after you guys – or maybe during, while you're watching the game, after you have those beers, pick up the phone and give a call to one of the five Front Range Bojo's locations to get yourself some food to pair with that delicious beer, or if you go into Bojo's, 
They'll have those Breck beers on tap. You guys know the drill. This is the best Colorado mountain pie out there. The only one. The only one. Locals love it. If you're coming in out of town, people love eating this pizza. It is so good. And you know what they have? They are giving away a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. That's right. You get a free honey cheese bread. Mason Ryan, how good does that sound? It's messed Delicious. up. We haven't even reached the food portion of this <laughs> podcast, and I'm already hungry. And all you have to do is mention DNVR when you're in there to get that free cheesy honey bread so make sure you check them out this weekend perfect place to watch games to eat delicious pizza oh man they had some green chili in some pizza when we were there last week it was so freaking good so make sure to check them out of course they infuse their dough with honey and they have honey to put on top of their honey infused dough it is the best pizza so make sure you check them out this week while you're watching those football games all right boys well when we started this podcast we had 36 comments as of right now we have 46 and we all have places to be today so let's see if we can be efficient in our comment reading the first one comes in from true champ fan 24 he says since it's the off season my quick why i'm a broncos fan being born in 1992 great year (laughs) <laughs> Living in Nevada and my dad being a diehard Niners fans, we did not watch many other teams. Being, uh, what, six or seven when they won their su- second Super Bowl, I vaguely remember it. However, I knew I really enjoyed the orange and blue, loved number 80, pretty much thought the best player on the team wore number 80 because of my dad's obsession with Rice. So the James Casey era was probably pretty interesting for you. <laughs> So my fandom grew. My first jersey was greasy, then eventually a plumber one. A little bit of an upgrade. Fun fact, I've had the pleasure to meet Jake, being from North Idaho. He's an amazingly relaxed dude. Yeah, maybe the only person more subdued than Pat Shermer. I was about 50% Broncos fan, 25% Niners, and 25% Redskins, my mom's team. I watched Redskins games intently, always on the watch for the next big play from one number 24. Mm. I've always been a champ fan. Probably could not tell. And once he was traded to the Broncos, it was all Broncos all the time. I stopped caring about the Redskins and Niners and only ever wanted to watch my favorite athlete play for my now favorite team. Being from areas where no professional teams play, it was hard just watching one team. But in Nevada, everyone is a Raiders fan, and I could not stand. That's an interesting uh, thing with them yeah. moving to Nevada. Meeting the public where they are, perhaps. I knew I wanted nothing to do with them and enjoyed watching them lose. Being a Broncos fan just made sense. Also, unrelated. Another comment just came in. RK, since I'm a diehard Jazz fan and you're a, G- a Giant Nuggets fan, want to make a friendly bet on, of some sort on the season series. Four games to play, division rivals, two of the top teams in the West. Yeah, you name the um, you name the terms, and I'm in. Four games, that could easily be a tie. Yeah, I think, and that's what I would predict if you told me to predict them. Uh, but I'm in. I'm in, always in for a friendly wager. <laughs> Maybe a pizza. Did you see the Nuggets game last night? Oh yeah. I, I mean, they never should have been in that position in the first place. Well, I wasn't looking up and until I saw they were behind by, like, 15. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Wasn't it 17 at half? They were down 21 at one point. 21 at one point. They came back to take the lead and should have never let it get to overtime. Yep. Then it went to overtime. Got then a they, big lead in overtime. Then they had the big lead in overtime, up eight with under a minute to go. And then they didn't cover. They were three-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites. <laughs> yeah. They won by three. MPJ with his first double-double. Oh, MPJ looked amazing. First yeah. of many. I yes. loved having him on the floor late in the game. Like, it made me feel more comfortable. I'm like, he, he 
great help side defense in terms of not great, but he has that in him where he can go block a shot if someone if someone else got by him. Uh, great offensive rebounding prowess, mm-hmm. and then he's so good around the rim. Mm-hmm. It was like, why isn't he out there every game in closing time? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. On to Count Locula. Saturday, March 24th, 1984. Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 60062. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it is we did wrong. What we did was wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. What do you care? You see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. You see us as a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. I'm sorry that I can't do five different voices because that's how those come over in the movie. Correct? That's the way we saw each other at 7 o'clock this morning. We were brainwashed. Zach, do you know the movie? No. I do. The Breakfast Club. Yep. Oh. And as he's and, and as this is being read, you can hear simple minds. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> that was beautiful. And then you gotta you gotta be like Bender walking across the uh, walking across the football field, fist in the air. Yep. And and then silhouetted fade out. Was it the freeze end. frame? Freeze frame, and then I think it's silhouettes, right? Yeah, I think so. Classic 80s. Oh, yeah. Freeze frame, the last frame. <laughs> With <clears throat> the pump in the air. <laughs> Next one from Ooh Benny Lava. Three-hour pod. You guys are crazy. It's been super difficult to keep up with these long pods. Not complaining, just saying. Real quick. One thing that I wanted to suggest to some people who might think that our podcasts are too long, and I totally understand that if you feel that way. An option that I think is a good one if you don't have too much time is just listen to the first segment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. And then we have a second podcast, which is the questions. Yep. So I feel like you won't miss out on too, too much just catching the first segment. Exactly. Questions about your sake drinking endeavors, RK. Do you shoot your sake or sip it? As a, as a f- I might be young, but I'm not a heathen. <laughs> so what does that mean? I sip it. Okay. You don't shoot it, huh? I've never shot it once. As a former head chef at a sushi restaurant in Montana, I have to say it is so frustrating watching people shoot good sake. It's meant to be enjoyed like a glass of wine. In fact, it's quite enjoyable out of a wine glass. Next time you go to a sushi restaurant, ask for a wine glass with your sake. You won't regret it. That's a good tip to have. On to football. If we were to acquire Chris Jones and let Gossis Wolf and Harris go, how would you feel about our line next year? Our starting line would be Jones, Purcell, and Jones, which would be good. Great law firm. Oh, it would be great law firm. <laughs> but not really any depth behind those three. What do y'all think? Haven't commented in a while, but literally haven't never stopped listening. You guys rock. P.S. Good luck with the influx of pronunciation guides with all these fringe, inappropriate new names. Mike Hawk. Hawk. York Hawk. Hugh G. Rection <laughs> are just the beginning. Much love. I'm looking for some female names. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. Are you really though? Are yeah, you, are I mean, you looking for more. I'm waiting to hear from somebody named Anita Mandalay. <laughs> See, I like that one. It doesn't make you say anything inappropriate, right? Anita Mandalay. Yeah, I mean, there are some that that uh, go in a different direction here. I mean, you could go with a uh, don't. <laughs> next one's from big tabowski just about to start the three hour megapod wow good stamina guys <laughs> didn't get a chance to post yesterday so posting now no marmate 
isn't made of mites. It's from yeast extract, a byproduct of beer brewing. It's vegetarian and almost black in color. Mm. You have it on toast usually with butter and thinly spread. Great in a cheese sandwich too, or in soups and stews. Need needed mace on the pod. Antipodean, 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 Antipodean is someone from New Zealand or Australia. I think it literally means opposite side of the world. I think it's got a Latin origin to it. Okay. Anyhow, I'll send you some Marmite somehow, maybe from a British expat online store or something, and you can try it out. There's a phrase in the UK, you'll either love it or hate it. As 50% find it revolting and the other half love it. I reckon we have a good shot that one of you will hopefully like it. Take care, the big T. You can find it on uh, Amazon.com, by the way. I'm looking at a whole page of uh, Marmite. It's squeezable. Marmite, yeast extract. It's squeezable. Mm. It's rich in B vitamins and 100% vegetarian. Uh, he says, if you email me your DNVR addresses, I'll send over a pack of Marmite for you to try. If you can remember it off the top of your head, it is 7596 West Jewel Avenue. Woo. And I think you can. the rest will fill out on, on the internet. It's Lakewood, right? Not Denver? Lakewood, yes. Lakewood, Colorado. I don't remember the... Uh, and it's also at the bottom of all our emails. So if you have a subscriber email from when you subscribed or mm. if you get your, your monthly deal that we send out for subscribers, then uh, you it's at the very bottom of those emails. You can find our address. Ethan Rozier. Did I get that right? I believe so, yes. So. says, let this day go down in DNVR history. Now on to the four-hour podcast and beyond. One. I think that at some point this offseason, we should do a podcast for charity in which we just <laughs> – live podcast as long as we possibly can and raise money oh that would be dangerous that'd go very very long yeah i mean we plan we do it i think we do it in the evening okay and just go into the wee hours of the morning do we have to do it someplace comfortable someplace where we have access to food and drink (laughs) well we'll have um assistance who bring us food and drink okay. from DNVR sponsors. Okay, I like that. This sounds like a a, ta- a podcast we do over at Blake Street Tavern. I think in, there needs to be a couch involved. <laughs> we can bring in a couch. <laughs> a cot, maybe? Yeah. This, this, if we really want to raise money, this is something we do kind of in a public forum. That's fair. Where people can come by and visit and you know give a little, give a little money. Give little. some support. Yeah. One, now on to Joe Burrow. If the Bengals don't like the fact the way he acted after the championship, which is his decision to do anyway, and wanted to go with Herbert with the first overall pick, would you help the Broncos with would that help the Broncos getting people like Ruggs, Judy, or Wirfs? No, because I think it doesn't change the fact that both Herbert and Burrow will go in the top fourteen picks. You got three picks are off the board, in my opinion. Herbert, Burrow, and Tua will all go in front of the Broncos. You know what you hope? You hope that Jordan Love goes down to Mobile and plays lights out for a week and is the best quarterback and plays his way into that top 14 that he seduces some team into taking him. And, and Jalen Hurts. Maybe. Maybe th- more of a dream, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess and there's a few... Like, you could probably knock eight people off the board in front of the Broncos no matter what. Right. Right, exactly. Two, I've been seeing some mock drafts where all the Broncos get are defensive players, edge and defensive linemen mostly. 
Do you think we would actually take defense in the first round or still trade down to get someone in the late rounds? Also, thanks for saying my name, my last name right. I always hear called wrong for years and may said it right the first time. As always, have a good day. And now we can't remember what it was. <laughs> I think it is Rozier. Rozier. Um, I think it's in- definitely possible that the Broncos take defense in the first round. I wouldn't call it likely. But I wouldn't say it's an edge. I'd say it's a corner. A corner or an oh, interior an defensive edge. lineman no like, like Kinlaw or um, Derek Brown if he really slipped. I think they'll be in the mid-round edge market, say somewhere between three and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Add really. somebody yeah. in the room. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'd say day two. but I, I, That's why a guy like Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte, who, I, who was down at the Shrine, that's the sort of caliber of player that you probably, I could see the Broncos adding. Right. I agree. On to Newman. So I'll say, hello, Newman. For Mace, because he will say the name correctly. It's not hard to say Newman. No, I would have got that right. I can tell you that. It's the Seinfeld reference, though. Oh. You, well, say yeah, we, we you have know. to say it with a little bit of malevolence and right. contempt. You're annoyed. Hello, Newman. <laughs> Hello, Jerry. And here's a little script for everyone. RK. Here's, here's the thing. Zach. You. Or Mace. We're not going to do any scripts. Let's, Let's try, try again. again. Here's okay. the thing. 75! <laughs> Bye-bye, Jerry. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> Just got to get in the daily quota. Thank you for all your work. I feel pointless asking questions you guys answer during the pod. LOL. For Mr. Undrafted, so talking about going tackle in the first round, we know 72 has been struggling, so what are the chances he can be the swing tackle and cover right tackle when James gets hurt? We could easily get the best tackle at that. We could get the best tackle at that point and not worry about which side fits the player best. It would limit the time 72 is on the field, which cuts down his penalties. I think for sure he would keep him as your swing tackle. Exactly. I, I don't think you're really going to move on from Garrett Bowles. You may try him at guard. You may try him as just keep him as a backup for a year because he's cheap. From Wesley. Hey, guys. Mostly commenting just to share a story. My wife worked at a hotel for a number of years, and one night checked in a man named Harrison Richard Ryder. On his state ID in pers- and in person, he shortened his first name to Harry. And use the classic <laughs> nickname for Richard Dick. So this man, by his own choice, went by Harry Dick Ryder. That's not the first Harry that I've come across this week. A few nights ago, I was at a Greek restaurant, and our waiter was named Harry, and his last name was Paratestes. <laughs> no, it no you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I am kidding. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, Harry Paratestes. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyways, he says, RK, I understand why you might be comfortable with JJ Watch throbbing shtick. Just make sure we got that right. <laughs> not, <In laughs> not Richard. But, but I do think it would be a good gamble if we can't get a top guy. So you're saying it wouldn't be hard to bring him in? No. Well, yeah, I think it would be. Also, Marmite is terrible. Lived in Brisbane for around a year, and I got used to it, but it's just salty and weird. Certainly a unique taste, much like mole. Just a weird flavor that is good to some. Hmm. Goes on. Oh, and a tamale can be eaten for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe not a typical food for Americans, but it's clearly an all-day meal. It's definitely a lunch and dinner, but breakfast? I would never thinking about think about going for a tamale. Why? Yeah, certainly not in our, in our culture. No, no, it just, 
You think it good? Good food is good food. No, Doesn't but I'm matter saying what time of day you people eat. People would say you're eating lunch dinner or dinner or lunch. for breakfast. Yes, Let people exactly. say whatever the hell they want. <laughs> well, that's I want to eat well. That's the whole conversation. I'm not saying you can't eat it. <laughs> he says, "Well, love the pod, guys. You make my route as a pool cleaner far more enjoyable. Have a great day." Mm. Sounds like you live in a good place. Yes, it does. Next one from the Sandy Man. Been looking at the DT market this offseason and have read articles that both Calais Campbell and JJ Watt could be cap casualties. Both have connections to Denver. JJ would love to be reconnected with his favorite coach, the Bear Wrestler. Would you have interest in these guys, and how much would you pay each one, assuming they were cut? We, we talked about how much we'd pay JJ Watt. So, how much would you pay Clayus Campbell for um, year? Thirteen. How many years? Three, two guaranteed. Okay, so because with JJ Watt, I'm straight up going year to year based on the physical. With Clayus Campbell, I'm with you on the two years guaranteed. I would say. I'd say 40 over three, and I'm guaranteeing 25. It's a good contract in my eyes. I mean, he is 33 right now, so that may be – he may be viewing that as a pretty darn good contract. How much – didn't he get 13 from the Jags when he signed that deal? I thought it was 14. 14, and the Broncos were offering 13? Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Um, You have to accept you can't – you can't give hometown discounts anymore. You can't expect the players to take that so because we, you don't have Peyton Manning in that You should never not get a player because of a, a million dollars. I agree. I agree. So now, with this, who would you rather have, J.J. Watt in the ideal contract that we talked about yesterday or Calais Campbell in the contract we talked about today? How old is J.J.? Um, it's going 30. into year 10. So he's 31, 32. Isn't he the same age as Von Miller right around there? So about they're both about the same age. Calais is 33. Uh, do you want the higher ceiling or the higher floor? That's the answer to this question. Uh, I'll take the guy with the Colorado roots and the higher floor. So you're taking Calais. Yep. <sighs> I'll take the higher – I'll go with the higher ceiling and also, as mentioned in the comment, the Kolar connection. I don't think you're going wrong with either, but I'm actually going with the younger one in this case. I'm going with J.J. All right, fair enough. On to Iceman. It's turned out that I just don't really like J.J. Watt. Yeah, you yeah, don't I like know. good people. Okay. He's got a shtick. Have you ever seen the South Park episode uh, about uh, uh, Bono? No. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like he's a... Yeah. You have to see it. <laughs> Those who have seen it know what I'm talking about. There's not a love for a lot of love for Wisconsin in this room. You don't like J.J. Watt or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Zach, you don't like Aaron Rodgers. How could you? I don't really like Melvin Gordon either. Um, have either of you, you like gentlemen ever been? Cheese? I love Russ. Have I you ever been Russell's. to Wisconsin? Yeah. Yep. I've been for 24 hours. Spent multiple uh, weeks on Half Moon Lake in Wisconsin. And it is fantastic. Exactly. So what do you have against the place and its football products? I have products? nothing against the place. It's a great place. I have uh, – I don't like their running backs. Um, I do like Russell Wilson. I like their offensive linemen. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Let's, we'll talk about Tyler Biotish in a subsequent podcast, I'm sure. Iceman. Hey, friends. Drink. M-A-S-E. Welcome home, kid. Thanks, Iceman. Thanks for the draft updates. So, DNVR kids, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat for this question. Did Vic fire Rich because he told him the Broncos were going to keep Joe as the backup? And Skang said, quote, no way in hell as long as I'm your OC. No. Unquote. I don't think so. No, Let's I'm, all try to remember. I Elway, know so. 
Elway only became the Broncos GM because Mr. B asked him to at a dinner. John never wanted to be a coach, scout, or GM. His desire has always been to be an NFL owner after his playing days. Go Zach Ryan Broncos, Drew, DNVR kids, and young ladies. He had a chance. He had a chance to be an owner after his playing days, and he didn't take it. Yeah. Now, they probably would have gotten sued, and he would have never gotten it anyway, but he had well, they, his chance. They did get sued well, because they got the sued. offer was made. Yeah. Now, Edgar, Edgar Kaiser sued back in the 2000s. Which, he had an amazing case. He would have won the case. The case was, when, they, when he sold the team, he got right of uh, first, first refusal, refusal. Uh, to any part of the team that would be sold again. Yep. So, Which is incredible. Great deal for him. Yeah. But he would have won that deal and probably ended up getting whatever the percentage they were offering John Elway back. I wonder how much Edgar Kaiser regretted selling the team. A lot. Oh, yeah. yeah a ton. Anyone who's ever sold – anyone who's sold an NFL franchise at any point before, like, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is kicking themselves. Yep. Yep. Next one coming in from Bronco Born, Bronco Bred. Wow. I don't remember who said it, but I'm really starting to come around to the fact that Joe Burrow might be content. Every video I see and the interview I heard on part of my take after the natty just makes me think that Joe Burrow isn't going to have the fire to succeed at the next level. He has a way about him that is what you see in videos after Joe or videos of Joe Namath after winning the Super Bowl. I'm curious to see how he does after he loses a receiving core that is more talented than Cincinnati at the moment. AJ Green not included. Okay, well, first of all, Joe Namath winning the Super Bowl, he had hit the pinnacle. He wasn't going anywhere else. Joe Burrow, this is kind of an end point, and then he moves on. I think we need to take everything from this week and how he's enjoying it and just forget about it. Hold on. Because this is an end point in his life before he goes on to the next step. Let him enjoy this week, this moment, the natty right now. If he still has this demeanor going to the combine next month, then you have a legitimate concern. I don't think he will. You weren't on the podcast, though, when I shared the fact that he, since he was a little kid, he said his life dream was to win a national championship, not a Super Bowl. So I think that's the root of this comment. You start with one dream and then you go on to the next one. Yeah, He's really urgent. Don't forget, he week. grew up in a college town, too. Athens, Ohio. Ohio University Mid-American Conference. Oh, I totally understand so it. If I you asked me when I was a little kid, I would have said I want to be a quarterback for a CU National Championship team. Right. So I think I think he was wired for college football being this kind of huge point. But now, but now that the NFL is not only a legitimate possibility, but reality for him, I think he'll adjust. And I, th- I don't think you're ever going to look at Joe Burrow in the NFL and say, oh, he doesn't want it bad enough. Oh, he doesn't have that drive. Blah, 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 blah. I think he's going to be just fine. <laughs> Mace defending his guy. He got really caught up in the vibe of pardon my take. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Next one's from Chad the Man. Hey, fellas. Hope you're having a great day. Is there a superstitious habit you've created on Broncos game days? I know you guys have talked about how being media members have made you less emotional about the Broncos. But my question is, uh, has to do with before you became media members. For me, if the Broncos are doing well when I'm watching them in my bedroom, I will not leave the game and watch in the living room. Yeah, my superstitions are, are similar in that way. Um, if, they're playing poor, if my team is playing poorly, I move on the couch. Uh, if, if, but this is only in like big, big games. I won't do it in just like a normal game. I feel like you have to save the powers and harness them when you really need them. This is a true story in the 
course of North Carolina making its run to the 2017 National Championship, I uh, made my wife very upset when we had some family friends and her some of her relatives over, and it was the semifinals, and I went and watched the game in the basement against Oregon in the Final Four rather than with everybody else, and I explained that it was because every game that I had watched in the living room that year on that television, Carolina had lost. Yeah, I mean, you did the right thing. Yeah, I think you're crazy. It didn't. The outcome did not. It, it, I on know. That. Look, consciously, <laughs> yeah. I know that. But in your mind, if you believe something, it's true. So you have to follow suit. With I'm not sure it brought good luck for the Bucks, but when they were on the road, I used to have the same lunch at the start of the game every week. It was a fried egg sandwich and an orange soda in a tall Tampa Bay Buccaneer glass. <laughs> every every game. And in fact, if uh, what were the record in those games? <laughs> it wasn't good. But to this day, if I'm home watching a Bucks game, my meal is the same. An orange soda in a big Bucks glass and a fried egg sandwich. How about Fair that? Enough. How about that? I just bring realism to this pod of, you know, saying that that doesn't change the outcome of games and that Aaron Rodgers isn't that good. Yeah, whatever. Um, everything changes everything. Every movement you make affects something somewhere else. Wow. All right. All right. Now we're getting into uh, some conspiracies. Yeah, it's called the butterfly effect. <laughs> Learn it. Next one coming in from, oh, Mace, this one's you. Onion. Booty. Bronco. I have to say it the way that Steve Atwater says booty. Okay. That's what I'm inspired by. Hey, here's a question for you. Is poop a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> what? I guess if you put poop between two slices of bread. No, it's not meat. And you hold it in the U shape. Wait, so you can have a vegetarian sandwich. Yeah, exactly. And, um, there, and hey, there could be meat in the poop. a vegetarian sandwich? I think poop would be... <laughs> <laughs> if you're making a poop sandwich... It's vegan. I think you would eat it with one piece of... It would, it would make more sense on a hot dog bun. <laughs> You don't want that thing falling out. with the U method. (laughs) Come on. Oh, my God. By the way, I apologize. I didn't get to have the hot dog or bratwurst for lunch yesterday, and I probably Uh, won't today, unfortunately, because I have to get home and uh, wait for the people to fix the garage. So so weekend homework. Real quick, now that we're on sandwiches, Mile High Memories um, tweeted at us and said that Philly cheesesteaks are eaten U method. And as much as I love him, I just, it's just, I don't think that's right. I watched so many videos. I literally was just <laughs> clicking through YouTube, video after video of people tasting different Philly cheesesteaks. Not a single person ate at you method. So what did you look up on YouTube? Eating Philly cheesesteaks? Yep. Actually, I think I said um, best Philly cheesesteak because mm. I knew it would be like people like right. going to different places and right. trying them. right. Um, uh, here's what I'll say about Philly cheesesteaks is I think they're served in the U method. Like they are on the plate in the U method, but then I turn them and yeah. eat them like a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next one from Broncos super fan. Some context about my comment. I'm 40 years old and a master chief in the U S Navy. Thank you for your service. 
I completely disagree with the stance that that the Louisiana cops should have turned a blind eye to the LSU players smoking and possibly underage drinking. This thought is why players like AB or Antonio Brown, OBJ, and Mayfield act like idiots because they think rules and laws don't apply to them. Everybody needs to be held to the same standard. Love listening to you every day here in San Diego. Keep up the great work, and thank you for introducing me to Breck Brews. Vanilla Porter is all I have found out here, but it is great. Vanilla Porter seems to have a lot of traction in warm weather places because when I went to the grocery store in Florida this past week, Vanilla Porter was the only one that I saw. I think it's just the most popular Breck brew, so it travels. Yep. Um, As for your answer, I think it's a completely fair opinion to have, uh, and I totally understand why you have it. I just personally disagree. I don't think they were... They were they weren't in a in a truly public place. You know, they're in an enclosed environment that was only them. I think I think I understand the OBJ stuff more than I understand the you know nagging the players about smoking cigars and possibly underage drinking. I do think though the fact that there was an arrest warrant put out for OBJ, I don't know if that's put out there if OBJ doesn't taunt the guy. I don't. After. It doesn't. I think so I, I think OBJ doing that was sort of. You, you, means okay, you're not getting the benefit of the doubt, you jackass. Well, it's he made a fool of the guy, and then it came out on video, and that's why this happened. Well, and now Ryan, does it also do you change your stance on the timing of it because he was a security guard and not a police officer? He couldn't arrest him right on the spot. He could have done something. Could have escorted him out. Um. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't change your stance on that. I. I my stance is not that he shouldn't be punished. My stance is that there's a clear, right? You know, it's it's all part of really like social media in 2020, right? Caused this to happen. And and Broncos super fan, thank thank you for your service. My only thing, yeah, I'm. If they want to bust him for for not smoking in there, I understand that. For but not smoking. For for smoking, <laughs> if they want to bust him for that, that's fine. But it didn't seem like, at least I was there underage drinking going on there was it known that like alcohol was going around the locker room it should have been i don't know if it was well and and so so you guys haven't heard that either okay um just the way this guy was like policing these guys for their gatorade bottles seemed over i mean the players were like what's in this gatorade bottle it's gatorade it's gatorade it was like they weren't doing anything wrong so that was my only quabble with that i just I think that the the officer who went in there and told them that they're all subject to arrest could have handled this a lot better. And I think he could have just said, like, hey, guys, congrats. I know you guys are having fun. Uh, there's a really strict rule in the Superdome of no smoking. We can't have you doing that in here. I hope you understand. Right. It's a clean indoor air state. Then if they didn't obey, then you can come back and say, hey, you guys want to get arrested or are you going to stop? Right. I just think walking in and say, hey, just so you know, everyone, every one of you who has a cigar is subject to arrest right now. So you want to see me or what? Like, that's not the right way to handle it. Right. Yeah. Mile High Magic 94 was thinking about changing my username to one of my favorite quarterbacks, Chad Kenoff. Never mind. I wonder if it means Chad Kenoff. <laughs> yes. Quarterback of the New York Guardians of the XFL. If you're going to say XFL, you got to say it like Vince McMahon did back in the day. Of course he means Chad Kenoff. Yeah, Chad Kenoff. You know Kenoff. why? Chad Kanoff. Chad Kanoff. 
God. <laughs> <laughs> this this was probably the first one on this pod. Yeah, but that's a real one. Yeah, that's it's a, a real, real name. One. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's and like former. He goes Tau- by Charles now because that, I think Barstool yeah. got a hold of him. That, that's <laughs> kind of like former Towson basketball coach Mike Hunt. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He, he needs to go by Michael. His parents really did him dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Calling my shot here. Next year, Bowles takes the leap and is a top ten tackle in the NFL. Call me crazy, but the last five weeks with Drew Locke at the helm, he was the second-highest grade tackle in the NFL. Didn't have a ton of penalties either. I think with Locke's mobility and Munchak's coaching, he pulls it together. Also, fans and media bash him. Mace pretty much called him stupid yesterday. I didn't. I mean, I guess you can say that. Look, one th- look Garrett Bowles has – I, I got to defend myself here. Garrett Bowles has been open about the fact that he struggled with a learning disability. Growing up, and he's very involved with charities regarding kids struggling with learning disabilities, yeah, and, and overcoming that. And the fact that he's made it this far, it says a lot about him. But the bottom line is, because of the way Garrett Bowles is wired, he's not going to process things in the same way as a lot of other guys. I just, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say his his football IQ isn't very high, right? We're let, letting go of all that other stuff. And, and it doesn't help when after he has a game where he has four holding penalties. He blames he, the officials. He blames the officials, and he, and he says he's not doing anything wrong. That doesn't make you seem like the brightest guy in the world. Honestly, that's where he lost me Yeah. after the Bears game when he blamed the refs. I'm, I, yeah. I, at that point, I'm just like, I'm just done. If this is the way you're going to go. Anyway, I think he is liked in the locker room, and he was on almost every episode of KJAC TV. Von Miller said, quote, believe it or not, Bowles is my dude, unquote. And if you watch highlight tapes, he is almost always the first one to come and celebrate with his teammates. The guy plays with passion for better or worse. What are your guys' thoughts on his potential next year? Really, really quick, it, it makes me cringe if Von Miller has to say, believe it or not, Bowles is my dude. Also, Von does that for everyone. It's part of what makes him a leader. I can say with 100% certainty that there is a room in the facility in which Garrett Bowles is not liked at all, and it might be the most important room for him being liked. At at least one. Hmm. Interesting. A lot of guys complain about Garrett Bowles in private. Just put it that way. Right. Yes. Yes. Um his potential next on both year, sides of the ball i think those were those rooms exist too yes exactly uh his potential next year yeah he can continue to take steps but i'm going to go off the the bigger sample size and real quick i'm not trying to pile on garrett bulls i just want to defend the take you know what i mean right it's not as if people are you know bashing Un- him for no reason right right he still, even with the good five-game stretch, he still led the league in holding penalties Thank last you. year. Thank you. I mean, it's let's, and honestly, when Vic Fangio and John Elway got up and talked about how they wanted to wait on player evaluations, wait a month, let the emotion of the season settle, I think Garrett Bowles is one of the reasons why. Because if you evaluate based off of the end, based right after the season, you're probably basing it more on the end of the season Whereas you take a month and you're going to get the broader sample size of the entire year. Yep. From Love Thunder Down Under, holy crap, introducing Mace to the sandwich debate was Oscar-winning podcasting. (laughs) You know it's good when you start laughing loudly and then shaking in restraint in public. (laughs) Damn good pod. (laughs) And then uh, he also says, oh man, what a pod. Mace coming in with the new name, similar to Phil 
ACO. My God, I was in stitches. <laughs> you know, there's a page that I found on the internet of like a don't encourage this of names <laughs> that you can use and uh, you can uh, look it oh up that that are uh, that are a little bit uh, you know raunchy. You know, there are some. There are so many directions in which we could go with this. I mean, we have we've you know, we've barely scratched the surface of the Amanda, the Anita, the first name Dick. Oh my yeah. gosh! Next, we're one not coming, going to coming in from one we can say as fast as we want. Negative, false, positive. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw one. That I just had to laugh. Oh at. my god! Last name Cider, first name Dixon. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Mace you're the oldest one here yeah and my sense of humor is still permanently stuck at about 8th grade level negative false positive best one season show for my money is HBO's Rome's first season it was a joint production with the BBC I think you'll notice how the show showrunners for Game of Thrones were inspired by that show Rome was cancelled because it was so expensive the second season was filmed after they knew it was being cancelled and I think that vibe ruined the second season interesting I'll have to check it out yeah Bachelor tonight Oh, Ooh. that's right. Ooh. Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, now that you're all back, there's something I've been curious about. All three of you have been invested in the Broncos in varying degrees for a long time as a fan, as an employee, as a beat writer, etc. How do you each maintain objectivity and keep your biases in check when reporting on the same team day in and day out? Uh, I think we've talked about this before. For me, it was never difficult. Like, it's just kind of a switch that just flips inside of you when you know you're doing a job. You know, like, I don't know how to come up with a metaphor that would make sense to the everyday job. But for me, it's just like, I'm working. This is, this is my job. And it, it just takes all that other stuff out of it. Yeah, exactly. From that, That's exactly how. It's kind of the opposite. Because I'm doing this every day, if I didn't take uh, the emotions out, it would kill me, especially after what we've been through the yeah. past three years with this team. You you can't cover, it, especially on a day. And it's different when you are just sitting behind a computer writing about the Broncos as opposed to when you're there with these guys, with the players, with the coaches, six days a week for half the year. You, you have to be. And I would say like my experience is a little bit interesting because I've worked for the team in two separate stints and the experiences weren't really all that positive at times. So if anything, I've got to make sure that I'm not too hard on the team because I don't have the most positive, most affection to the organization. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the Sausage Factory closer than any of us. Yes. <laughs> not to be confused with the Sausage Festival. and also poop sandwiches. Sausage Fest. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> about a month ago, you guys joked about the Panthers trading up to get Joe Burrow, assuming they'd hire Joe Brady. Well, boys, you're halfway there. Is Carolina living on a prayer? Hey. If that's their plan, then yes, they are living on a prayer. Matt Rule is saying, take my hand. We'll make it, I swear. <laughs> um, what's the name of the Panthers owner? Uh, David, David Tepper. Tepper. He's probably wondering if he can just pay for that number one overall pick. Yeah. Seriously. Could you you could could you trade money? Oh man, that would be what if he gave him a billion, a billion dollars? dollars. <laughs> He's like Joe Burrow the, will raise the value the, of my franchise by this much. The anyway. ultimate wow. in cash considerations. We see that in baseball yeah, all the time. A lot. Can you do that? Could they do that? I don't think the NFL would like that. They would hate it. 
Back yeah. when uh, you used to be able to like create players on video games, I um, in MLB video game, my player's name was Cash Considerations. <laughs> oh. That's pretty. See, good. I would always create like a player who was ninety nine and everything, and name him like God Almighty. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mine was Bo Bordeaux. Or, <laughs> so weird. or the old basketball player's name. You guys remember a player named God Sham God? Oh, <laughs> Played for Providence College. Or anything or no? no. Okay. And uh, Dan Patrick was an- was anchoring uh, ESPN Sports Center back in the day. And whenever God Sham God had a big <laughs> highlight, he'd sing the Joan Osborne song and say, "What if Sham God was one of us?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, damn it. <laughs> From Dixie, Normus. <laughs> Should we be more worried for Garrett Bowles now that Bill Lazor is in Chicago? Uh, no, it's Ken Zampezi, who was the guy who was working with uh, Garrett Bowles, mm. not it. Bill Lazor. Mm. Now the question Laser, is, would, would Laser, Bill La- Taser. <laughs> the question is, would Bill Lazor hire Ken Zampezi? Right. Because they have worked together. But so we'll see. I don't think so. Next one is from Antonio Acosta. Did I get that right? I think you went um, Italian. Is it yeah, Italian? I went Italian. Oh, and actually, by the way, Ken Zampezi, he already has a job. Mm. He is the quarterback's coach of the Washington Redskins. He was hired by Ron Rivera. Oh, well, congrats to, to work Kenny. with Kenny Z. <laughs> to work with Dwayne Haskins. Watch how you say that name. What, Ken Zampezi? No. Uh. Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> or Chad Kanoff? Chad Kanoff. But Antonio Acosta says another idea for backup quarterback is Trevor Simeon. No. Not only would he be a cheaper option, I really don't like the idea of our backup making more than twice our starter, but he is also familiar with the organization and was a pro bowl caliber quarterback. He just got invited, so end of argument. Under better coaching, Kubiak plus, those with Simeon jerseys can bring them back. What also, I keep idea. hearing the name Foles. Mace, put this to rest for good. Foles is back with the Jaguars this coming year. It doesn't behoove them to let him go. It'll be a Foles-Gardner-Minshew quarterback competition in Northeast Florida. Congrats and on the eight wins. Anyone that looks at Foles' contract would understand he's not going anywhere. Dead money would be a massive $34 million. 2020 salary guaranteed at 15. We have heard Mariota, who is your black horse candidate for backup quarterback, preferably with experience. Also, let's bring in AB and OBJ to form the best and most offensive in multiple ways wide receiver threat ever end of rant keep up the great work thanks for the pods well if you're gonna do that you shouldn't have traded emmanuel sanders you said emmanuel a b and obj would you like like the world to combust (laughs) but i do like the notion of Mariota as a backup yeah who is i can be sold on that easily the dark horse candidate brandon allen uh, yeah, probably. Uh. As dark as his car after a <laughs> fiery mess. There will probably be at least one or two XFL starters better than Brandon Allen. You're such a Brandon Allen hater, Mace. He's just <laughs> limited. I, look, it's because I went back and watched the four years of preseason work that he had. That sounds fun. It, there was just nothing there. It was just, It was like unflavored ice milk at least yeah that's the yeah. it was oatmeal without any sugar I or fruit or anything like that it was you know or grits without butter and salt it was flavorless no there's nothing there i'm sorry 
I, I'll say this: I would rather have Brandon Allen as the quarter as the backup quarterback than paying someone like nine million or I, something. I agree. Yep. But I'll pay someone five or six. Five is fine with me. And I think you can do seven if you get Mariota. If and actually, if you pay anybody one dollar under ten million dollars, you've saved money. Hmm. Relative to Joe hmm, Flacco. Joe Flacco. Okay, quick question then. Derek Wolf or Marcus Mariota? Derek Wolf. Have you signed Chris Jones? No. Oh no. Probably Derek Wolf. Okay. okay. And then and then Chase Daniel. I, I'm finally Chase Daniel as my backup. All right, next one's from Lone Star Bronco. Hey guys, I'm out on the JJ Watt thing. I'm tired Ooh. of bringing in players who can't stay on the field. Chris Jones or Eric Armstead all the way. And now Calais Campbell is another interesting option, although he would have to be cut. I'm also growing very sour on Burrow as a prospect. He's fantastic, but his face is becoming very punchable. <laughs> uh, he would respond well, though. Yeah, he face punches punch. back right yeah. back. Does Philip Rivers have a punchable face? Yes. But if he were a Bronco, you'd love him, right? It's all about perspective. Not anymore. Philip would punch back. Yeah. I think Bryce Harper has a punchable face, but I, if I were a – a Phillies fan now or a Nationals fan for yeah, the previous years I'd be ha- I'd be probably Bronco. love the guy. I love anyone that's not on the Astros, so damn cheaters. Big yeah. time. I'm dis- get, I'm so disappointed in Jose Altuve. Yesterday? Nope. That was after no, it was nope. right after. I'm so disappointed in Jose Altuve. Yeah, that's your boy. And by I the know. way, I not was, anymore. I was okay. good. I was okay with the punishments. Now players should absolutely be suspended. And the World Series needs to be gone. And I'm okay. Ban people for life. Including Altuve. Yes. What a freaking cheater. The fat, Oh, my God. There's no explanation. Did you see what he said in the interview with Ken Rosenthal? Yep. First of all, he did the number one thing. He did the number one thing that people do when they're lying, yep. which is buy time by yep. asking you to repeat the question. Oh, what was that? Did you see this? Yes. So he said, uh, what? <laughs> Why did you tell your teammates not to take your shirt off? Oh, oh my and, wife. and then really quick, he gave three different answers after oh. this. He he started off by saying, "I don't know, I'm shy," and then he said, "My wife got mad at me last time they did it, which is such <laughs> effing garbage. <laughs> it's such a lie." And then he gave the <laughs> yeah. What, who? What uh, is that? Mario? Who makes that sound? <laughs> yeah. In, uh, yeah. Um. Garbage. Absolute garbage. And we were trying to re- uh, read his lips. So at first we thought he was saying, I have a piece on, which might be. But then I started thinking in Spanish. I think he's saying camisa, camisa. Like that's shirt in Spanish. Like mm. don't take my shirt off. Mm. And his face is so serious. Yes. Like very like. For just hitting, for going for, into the world exactly, series. Exactly. The, the biggest moment of his career. Yeah. The, the, the walk off, the, the walk off to get you to the World Series, and he's thinking about that, and he's not completely emotionally in the moment because he's conscious of what appears to be under his shirt. And that says it again, all. Again, yeah. like this was the best take I saw. It was just in the comments. Someone was like, "Of all things to be, let's say he is shy and he doesn't want to take his shirt off. Of all things to be thinking about, that's the number one thing on your mind. You're not even smiling. <laughs> BS. Yep." Absolute BS. What a cheater. Ban hammer. I would love it. It's, I mean, this is worse than taking steroids by a lot. I totally. This is the mm-hmm. worst scandal in sports history. Potentially. Yeah. Nah. We're talking Penn State. 
Very okay. different. Very yeah. different. We're talking about in terms of on co- compromising guess, yeah. the on field. Of the yes, game. I mean, if yeah. you're talking about any kind of scandal, well, that's fair. Penn that's, State and Baylor, you got to start from things sure. like but that. This is even worse there. than like um, the referee who is betting in the NBA. Um, I don't know. That's pretty bad. It's really bad. Tim Donahue's really that was a really bad scandal. Really bad. But this is worse. Um, this is worse than like the Black Sox. Um, worse than Pete Rose. I mean, Pete oh, Rose has got to be sitting here today Pete saying, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> wait, wait, were the Black Sox, did they lose on purpose? What was the scandal? Uh, I'm that, they, that they took a dive in the 1919 World Series. Yeah, but okay, yeah, that's like, worse. Shoeless Joe Jackson got banned for life from out of it, but he, I think he hit like 425 or something like that <laughs> in the World Series. Well, maybe that isn't worse because they were, tr- it didn't affect who, like, it, this it, took winning away from a team who might have been deserving. Right. Yep. Yeah, but Pete Rose has got to be saying, can I get in the Hall of Fame Well, now? a lot of thing with Pete Rose is that he bet on his own team. Now, that I thought con- that's what they've never been able to prove. Oh, no, he never bet on them to lose. Right. He bet. So, but what that I, would mean. I wish is, every player would bet <laughs> on well, their no, team. Well, no, but what that game. means is that you're managing differently because – if you've bet on the team to win, then maybe you're leaving that starter out there for an inning or two more than you should. He did because you don't want to go in the bullpen. He was the manager. Because uh, he Guess went. I need to look into the scandal. He <laughs> was a he was a player manager, and then he transitioned to just being the manager of the Reds. I thought he was doing this when he was a player. No, he most was, of it. In, in no, he was betting as a manager. That was act, and that was kind of part of the issue is that he had. When you're betting as a manager, you have so much, you have so much control over like what lineup you're putting in, et cetera. Well, so. it depends on if he was betting spreads or money line. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Should have been hopefully money line. Isn't it all money line in baseball? No, it's mm-hmm. one an automatic one and a half. Yeah, one and spread. a half goes to each side. So that actually does matter because if if he was, right. you know, if they were up by one. And, or whatever, and he needed them to get another run, and like he goes like the, for some reason hits their big pinch hitter or whatever. I still think, in general, you want to be winning by more at any point, right. especially more than one. Yeah, so I don't think it changed anything. I wish Bud Black bet on every Rockies game and <laughs> pick them to win. Uh, good, uh, good thing that the Rockies aren't doing this, at least as of now, from what we know. And good thing the Broncos aren't doing cheating like this. No, they just videotaped uh, practices and then back in the 1990s circumvent the salary cap. Yeah. Let's not talk about the Broncos being <laughs> angels here, okay? Well, I mean, Historically that was all speaking. McDaniel's fault, so, like, whatever. But he the salary evil. cap circumvention was under Mike Shanahan's watch. Yeah, that's hardly cheating. <laughs> that's like half I'm on just the saying they're not swimming in ivory liquid. That's all. We've oh, got to be true. real about that's this. True. Yeah, Most no, teams we've been are. Right. Yeah. Especially successful. I mean, I didn't, wear, I didn't wear Braves gear in here, but they cheated in the international market. I mean, everyone's, everyone's got something against them. Everyone has malfeasance. Nobody is pure. What we can agree is the Astros are the worst. Worst one ever. I think so. If they can prove it. How can they prove this? Well, the M- what's disappointing is the MLB said they looked into that and said that there was nothing, but I think they need to reopen an reopen investigation. The investigation. They have to. Well, I think the other thing they need to do is increase the maximum amount of fine to a team yeah. for more than $5 million. Make it hurt. A slap on the wrist to a wealthy billionaire. Let's say the Braves got fined $5 million. How much is Liberty Media worth? I have no clue. Billion. Like, 
10 billion, 20, I, who knows? I mean, $5 million, that's, you can find, that's for them finding a quarter in the cushions of this sofa on which <laughs> right. I sit right now. All right. Yeah, it, uh, it's crazy. I mean, what's the ultimate penalty you can serve a professional team? Because the, in college sports, you can just give them the death penalty. You Revoca- can't do that in pro sports. Revocation of the franchise, and you lose all the value associated with it. So force the sale? No, I'm saying you, you, they revoke the franchise. You can't even sell it. That's it. We're just taking it from you. you so look- you shut it down? So you're saying the death penalty can exist? That's technically what they like. What they could do is they could revoke the franchise. I mean, okay, basically, if you view these franchises like fast food franchises, uh, the corporate office can revoke the franchise at any oh, time. It's part and of they terms. say, now we own it. we got to do whatever we want with We're it. We're taking control of it. So sad. Too bad, so sad. You're going to be out $2 billion in joy, by the way. You shouldn't have cheated. And, <laughs> and then the MLB sells it to someone else and makes the profits? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, the rest of the owners the make ultimate. it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> as far, that's as far as you can go, and that would make me say you went too far. <laughs> but, you th- but you think owners would be so permissive in allowing systemic cheating on, on their watch with their teams if they knew that they could have the franchise yep. taken away and this then would end up going to like the Supreme lose their Court. investment? Right. I mean, well, no. It, the Supreme Court would probably fight in favor of the owner. Right. That's what I mean. It would. There's no way you can get away with taking two billion dollars away from someone. Yeah. Um, draft picks are probably what hurts them the most. Draft no, picks. No, you can take bands. away playoff eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Playoff eligibility for three years. Take away every like top five or top like every draft pick round one through rounds one through five for the next five years, and then also take their international bonus pool money to zero. And so lifetime ban for anyone who wore the wire. Yeah. I agree. What about knew about it or was directly involved? It is wild that three managers have lost their job over this. Yep. That is crazy. I mean, could you imagine in August if Vic Fangio, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll all were out? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be a much bigger story than this. <laughs> yeah. um, it's crazy. I mean... We could talk all day about this, but uh, truly, if they they got to be able to figure this out. I want to know. Remember in the interview, he says, oh, last time that happened, my wife was upset. Yeah. Can we go back and find the video of last time it happened? Right. Was the wire exposed? Mm. But just think about this and how big this is. When in our sports following lifetimes in this week have the chomp conference championship games not been the top story in sports? Yeah. For the NFL. This yeah. is the first time. Uh, it's the first time it's been pushed off the top line. Last take I have on this is that Altuve also ran straight into the into the clubhouse and then came on without his jersey. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he beelined it. Yep. Ran right in. And again, he didn't look happy at all during any of this. Yep. He's guilty as sin. What a that freaking guy. cheater. Okay, next oh, um Count think- Locula Wait, no, we left off on Lone Star Bronco at the uh, punctual face of Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. It's amazing the tangent we just went on. Yeah, that was a long The crying really kicked in for me around 23, four years ago. The show that gets me the most is Undercover Boss. Seeing needy people be blessed is a soft spot for me. Please don't tell me if it's fake. I don't want to know. I don't don't know. know. I hope it's not fake. You know what? That's actually a good choice for crying with joy. Yeah. yeah, or yeah. like um, like home makeover ones. Those get me too. Yeah. yeah. 
All the Taco Bell talk is killing me. I am currently cutting weight as I have CrossFit competitions and Spartan races coming up, and all I want is a damn quesarito. Thanks, guys. Oh, the quesarito. That's the that's the one. If you told me I can only order one item, that's what I'm getting. I'm getting the crunch wrap. That'll also be in my order if I can have multiple things. <laughs> love the content. Love the people. DNVR is heaven for an out-of-market fan. Also, I'm all for OBJ getting in trouble. To paraphrase Mace, you have to pen- penalize stupidity. If you or I had done that to a cop, we most likely would have been tased, tackled, tased, and arrested. I'm sure it's all about money, but what if the video made the police chief think, quote, we have to hold people accountable. The public can't think these actions are un- okay, unquote. Fair enough. I get what you're talking about, Lone Star. Good point. Count Locula, Mace Burner account. That accusation may be the greatest compliment I've ever been privy to receive. Thanks. Love the count. It's definitely oh. something you would say if that was your burner account. <laughs> <laughs> Thick Fangio. When I was about uh, when I was a wee lad about five years of age, my dad, a Giants fan, took me and my brother to Denver to get Randy Gratishar's autograph. With that and the back to back Super Bowl wins the team got that year and then and the next, I was a Bronco for life. It's a travesty that Randy has been kept out of the Hall of Fame for this long. I feel like Vegemite is more of an avocado green color, and Marmite sounds like a brownish liquid gunk that seeps out of the end of <laughs> the blunt and onto your lip. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Elbow nudge. I actually really don't. Um, anyways, I just got a breakfast sandwich, sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit from Sheets, a gas station similar but inferior to a Wawa. And when I got it, I thought uh, of this as more of a slider. Besides a factor when defining a sandwich, as in our slider sandwiches, uh, would it would you still consider them a sandwich in nature? Oh, I would still consider them a san- sandwich in nature, but I'm just mad about how small this sandwich was and needed to vent. You should not label something a sandwich if it's slider size. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think all sliders are sandwiches, but not all sandwiches are sliders. It's not about the size of the sandwich. It's about what you do with it. It's about what the punch that's <laughs> packed in it. How much magic is in the sandwich? <laughs> um, I, slider, it's just a small sandwich now. It's kind of like, like so, so in the C versus U debate, um, we also uncovered the N method, which is like you hold it from the top type of thing. Um, <laughs> that's bizarre. Um, and then someone brought up the open-faced sandwich. How is that still a sandwich? It in itself is telling you that it's not, it's a different type of sandwich. Like right in it, it says, oh, this is an open face sandwich. It's an alternate version of a sandwich. So is it if a someone, sandwich? If it was called a hot dog sandwich, well, then we'd have much more of a debate here, but it's just <laughs> called a hot dog. The open face sandwich you eat with a knife and fork too. Right. So it's does a, that then disqualify it as a sandwich? It's not really a sandwich, but it tells you right there in the name. It's open face. If you We're order, if you order an open face sandwich at the restaurant, you know how it's going to be served. You're not going to be surprised when it's you know two pieces of bread individually. You know what it is, right? And it's different. They tell you. And if you order, like, if you're like, "Can I get the house sandwich?" and they bring you a hot dog, <laughs> you'd be very confused. But it would be kind of a funny bit for a place to do. It would be. Next one from Tucson, Mike. Crying to movies, sans mace. How about crying to sports moments? For me, 92 Olympics, 200-meter final. British sprinter blows a hammy, and his dad comes out of the stands to walk him across the finish line, blubbering like a whale. Oh, that's that's a great moment. All those moments yeah. get me every time. Also, if, if someone else cries, I'm going down with them. Like in sports, someone's crying? Yeah, yeah. The Olympics lends itself to that as well because of – the consequence of falling short at that moment, knowing that you have to wait another four years and you might not be at that milieu again, period. 
Yep. Even and you've trained your entire life for this. I mean, like let's say you're in gymnastics, for example. A lot of those gymnasts get one shot. Right. One cycle. Stakes are so high. Right. From Bronco born, Bronco bred for the breakfast, lunch, and dinner argument, the hangover burger, which is a burger with egg, bacon, and sometimes chili as well. A burger for breakfast, you're still, it's still lunch and dinner. What about breakfast pizza? Never had that. No, because then people would be like, why you, it doesn't have eggs. You know, anytime you add an egg. Why are you having eggs at dinner? Yeah, but breakfast pizza is amazing. There, there was a place that used to be in downtown Tampa, Sparky's Pizza, and I would go there every day when I was working for the arena football team back in the day because they had amazing breakfast pizza. But just because it's good doesn't mean that (laughs) it doesn't fit the argument. And I think it was the count who said, um, so Mace. Yeah, uh, if you're eating a PB&J for breakfast, you're eating lunch for breakfast. And I just, nah. I disagree. Breakfast is whatever you want it to be. So is lunch, so is dinner. Okay, well, with that argument, it just, there's no, there's no conversation to be had here. Wait, what about cereal? That can be a mm. snack, too. That's a late night right. snack for me. Cereal for dinner, you are definitely eating breakfast. <laughs> okay, I, I don't have much of an argument. Mr. Undrafted, what do you guys think about adding a wide receiver to like Brashad Perryman? I feel we can get him at a good value, and then whoever we draft can come in and play the slot since we need a speed wide receiver anyway. Yes, that does knock Hamilton to the fourth spot, but he seems to struggle catching anyways. I know you guys want Chris Jones, and so do I, but what about a guy like Michael Brockers or Leonard Williams, and what would the cost difference be between the three of them? Zach, you mentioned Leonard Williams, right, in your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just doing some some research about him, I think he'd come in at about $10 million. Now, maybe on the open market he'd be 12 13 but I... I was actually surprised that he would be so much cheaper. So would you like him at just over half price of Chris Jones, or are you saying spend the money? Nope, spend it. Because you don't need to save right now? Yep. Um, Before we move on, shout out to Denver Rubber Company. Tried and true since 1972. They're the go-to place for all of your rubber projects, no matter what it is, especially if it has anything to do with your snowplow. Make sure you call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Next one coming in from Bronco Duck. Taco Bell is easily the guiltiest of guilty pleasures. The cheesy gordita crunch is or my go-to. Or CGC, as some call it. Oh, CGC. Is that what the yeah. cool kids call it? Yeah. Okay. So good. Looking at the draft, would you guys prefer Isaiah Simmons on the defensive line of the ball or a guy like Ruggs and Higgins at 15? Logically, I like the idea of a wide receiver, but Simmons is so versatile on defense, it would be tough to pass up given the depth of wide receiver. He won't fall there, so it's kind of a moot point. Um, he really won't. But I still say you got to improve offense, yep. especially if Ruggs would, was, was also I'm there. fine with Ruggs at 15. Yeah. I'd love that. Bronco born, Bronco bred. Do you all really have to be talking about Hawaiian food? I was born there and stand by it. Uh, being some of the best food out there. Ryan, you were talking about chicken katsu. I think I wasn't. Someone else mentioned to me mochiko chicken, and I think that's what I was talking about. Anyways, you're also talking about spam musabi. It's a large cube of sticky rice with spam on top, wrapped seaweed with what I believe is katsu sauce, and honestly, I've never asked questions about the sauce. I just enjoyed. If you're ever in Dallas, let me know, and I'll tell you the best places for Hawaiian barbecue. So it's like the biggest piece of sushi ever? I don't know. I hadn't had it that way. More of just okay. like served like rice. Okay. I want to know the best places for Hawaiian barbecue in Denver. I mean, there's an L&L, which is a chain from Hawaii over in Aurora. Is there a chance it's closed just like our Australian place? Uh, it was open last time I was there, but that was a year ago. I love um, pineapple 
in just food, period. And, and there's a lot in, yep. And there's a lot in Hawaiian dishes. Yep. Lou Sassels. I think I said it right, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> Mace, since it's the off season, can we get your take on the great straw debate? Can you let Lou Sassels know your answer? One hole or two holes? One continuous hole. There you go. <laughs> Swedish Bronco. I know I'm not American and our food culture is different, but seriously, guys, peanut butter and jelly sandwich doesn't work as breakfast, lunch, nor dinner. This is a Wrong. terrible take. <laughs> if anything, it's a snack you eat because it tastes marvelous, especially when made on white bread. It's like eating air. Very tasty air, but still air. No, you've got a lot of protein in that peanut butter. <laughs> I agree much more with the omelet point. It's not forced into any single category, and it works perfectly, but in the morning, lunch, and evening. <coughs> And the best peanut butter is crunchy peanut butter without added sugar. We got Danish brand sold in Sweden, which is the most amazing product made by mankind. And um, if the star of the show is eggs, it's breakfast. I agree. I mean, quiche at everything made with eggs. I, I agree with you. But I do agree with Swedish Bronco. I can see where he's coming with PB&Js being snacks. It's a great snack. It's, it's a five-tool food. Are you having – what are you having – with a PB and J for dinner, because one PB and J is not not dinner. It's not filling you up. So but are you having two PB and Js? If you put enough peanut butter on there, it'll fill you up. No. Trust me, I'm, wow. I'm a veteran at this. Wow. So that's what you do? Yep. Double layer peanut butter. It's enough. By the way, wow. Also, I, maybe a glass of milk on the side that gives you some more sustenance. I found a place okay. you can Fat. get you can get uh, spam musubi in Parker. It's called the Hangry Ohana on Parker Road. Mm. The Hangry Family. Yeah, sounds a little angry. It sounds awesome. It does. Anytime there's like angry or something like that in the name or like something involving like the devil, I just assume it's there's spicy food there. (laughs) Swedish Bronco adds, oh, I forgot. If you haven't, watch The Witcher. Best TV series I've seen since Breaking Bad. The sword fighting scenes are a work of art. So beautiful. There's too much good episodic television that I need to watch that I don't have time to watch. Uh, From T-Dubs. Hey, DNVR fam, has, how has no one used the name Oliver Klosoff yet? <laughs> That's a good one. A good That's one. family friendly. Yes. Yes. Hit, hit up the DNVR merch people and tell them we need a t-shirt with a monster wearing a number three jersey and the shirt says Loch Ness Monster. Thanks for all the amazing content as always. There's a lot of different ideas for different shirts. One thing that I guess the fans should realize is we have to work with the athletes in most of these scenarios and it's not always as easy as it seems. I thought you were going to go down the route of saying we need a T-shirt with all of these fun names on it. Oh, yes. That would be very easy to wear in public. (laughs) This one from T. Meeks. Well, Mace, where did you end up going to lunch yesterday? I actually didn't. I didn't have time. You didn't eat any lunch? I had chicken noodle soup for dinner. Wow. I didn't eat till dinner. All right. I wish I'd had something because... You talk about the hangry Ohana. I was hangry mm. by the time I ate dinner, so I'm not going to let that happen today. <laughs> but now I want some Hawaiian food, so, I mean, shoot, what am I going to do? From York Hawk. <laughs> Guys, shout out to Lou Sassels. It's a great feeling to get to know you. Oh, my God. Zach, if you don't like your food touching, can you even eat a burrito or PB&J? Once it's I, – I can answer for yep, Zach. Yeah, thank you. The burrito is the thing. Right, yep. He doesn't want his burrito bumping up against um, 
salsa, the, like some beans or something on the side. Right. It, it's you're, you're exactly right. Are were the eggs on my plate meant to be going along with the fruit on my plate? No, they're not yeah. supposed to be. So they're not supposed to be blended together. So what kind Zach, of like a small child has plates with dividers? That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask you, Zach. Do you have the divider plates, the the TV dinner plates? Is that what you use at home? That's a good idea. I probably should. You've got a good gift. RK, just wait until you have children, then the waterworks come twice as much, especially when you see something with kids in a movie. Uh, how do you do with the ASPCA's commercial where Sarah McLaughlin sings uh, songs play while looking at poor animals? I, I have to change the channel. I can't take I ch- it. I was just gonna say can't I can't take the it. Also, yeah. it, it, um, if I if I watch like if you start singing that song and I start picturing <laughs> animals that are being abused, I'm just. I'm not going to be able to continue this podcast. Yep. So if you ever I want agree. me off, that's what you start playing. Um, I yeah, I changed the channel straight up. And it's not a, necessarily a guilt thing for me. My family works really closely with the Humane Society. So like, uh, I feel like we're, we're trying to do our part as much as possible. But it, it's just so freaking sad. Yeah. But it is kind of weird how the, the point of those commercials is to like guilt you into something. Yep, it is. Mace, is there anywhere you haven't lived in the contiguous U.S.? I've never even visited Wyoming. Wow. No, haven't much. crossed the Shout border. Shout out to everyone in Wyoming. Yeah, I love you. Sorry. Josh Allen fan. Haven't Windy. visited Wyoming, have not visited Idaho, have not visited Montana. Actually, one of the best weeks of my life I spent in Wyoming. I was at Lake Glendo, which is a massive lake, just camping, and my friends had a boat. It was, it was, it was close to glamping. <laughs> but uh, not not quite. I mean, we still slept in tents with was with Wyoming style glamping. Yeah, and then we like went wakeboarding and stuff during that the day. That sounds fun. It was sick. Yeah. Um. And I haven't lived in Alaska, and I ha- I haven't even been to Alaska. I'd like to live in Hawaii. I've only visited a couple of times. He goes on. I'm a KU <laughs> alum living in the uh, Big Apple, it, not the Little Big Apple, Manhattan, which is right down the street from KU. It just makes York Hawk perfect. I'm born and raised in Denver, though. Actual Broncos questions. Any chance of landing Clowney for relatively cheap? No. No, <laughs> no one has a chance of that. Uh, what if you skipped defensive tackle and your line is basically Purcell, Wolf, Harris, and Jones with Vaughn and Chubb, Sign Simmons, CHJ, and Byron Jones? So you're still spending a lot of money. A lot of investment on the, D- on the back end. 22 and a half left over, uh, 11 and a half after draft class. You then have CHJ, Byron Jones, and Callahan's corners with Bosby and Harris's depth. Simmons and Jackson with Davis and Alexander Johnson. Your coverage on the back end would cause a lot of holding onto the ball, and Vaughn and Chubb should feast, and Simmons and Jackson can play the box to stop the run because you trust your corners and man coverage. Seems like a hell of a D to me, and the draft can be almost exclusively offense with some depth. I mean, I, I you've that's a well-thought-out play. Yeah. And that's certainly a formula that some teams would take, including John Elway. He loves investing in the secondary. From River Vapecraft, after reading Zach's article of who Shermer might bring in free agency, I'm down for Alex Tanney as the backup quarterback. He's a great dude from what I hear, and I went to the same school as him, Monmouth College in Illinois, which is D3. He also has an awesome trick shot video on YouTube. All great reasons. He has bounced around the he bounced around the league last and and last year made the team as the third quarterback or uh, over a younger guy in a higher draft pick in Lauletta. Lauletta got cut. Practice squad. Wow. Uh, I think he should get a shot to compete for the backup spot. 
And would be super cheap. No real reason other than it would be cool to see him on my favorite. I think okay. they need a backup who's got some starting experience. Okay, so uh, Tanny does have some experience. I have one question for each of you. Ryan, guess how many views Tanny's trick shot video has on YouTube? Um, 1,031. Alex Tanny has 4.4 million views. That must be a good video. I thought either it was going to be something that only the commenter knew about because they went to that school <laughs> yeah. or everyone knew, everyone yeah. knew about it. I was going to say 10 million, so I was way off. So, Mace, I have a uh, question for you now. What was Alex Tanny's stat line last year? Guess. And there was stat. There was stats. One carry for negative one yards. <laughs> Three for five. 25 yards. He was perfect. One for one for one yard. Love it. Straight That's the experience ones. you need, right? But he didn't have a touchdown. So Here's yeah, the only question true. I have. Is he at all related to Mitch Tanny? Yes. Then that really I believe increases they're, his chances of coming <laughs> I believe they are siblings. Wow. Wow. All right. There we go. Next one from, oh, holy cow. True Chant Fan 24. It's a novel. Hitting that double comment. Sorry. You mean that double novel. Double long double comment. (laughs) Yes. Y'all talked about the switch that flipped. My daughter was born on November 14th, 2018. She was born with her lungs completely glued shut from a substance that basically is the baby's first stool after being born or during labor. Unfortunately, there was complications during birth, and she swallowed all of it, gluing her lungs shut. Her heartbeat raised up to over 200 beats per minute and was life flighted to Sacred Heart in Spokane. My girlfriend had a terrible reaction during labor and was stuck at the hospital we were at to recover, never having to get to, got to see her daughter. I raced to Spokane to be by my baby's side. When I arrived, I was told to make a decision, keep her on life support or pull the plug. Here I am, 26 years old. Everyone around me was crying and losing their minds. I had to make a choice. Before that, I would have been out of. I ha, I would have been one of those crying, losing my my stuff. But now, not all of a sudden. I stayed calm, though for a brief moment. Sarah was going to be at the KMC for three to four days to recover. My child laying on life support, a machine breathing for her, would be here. The two never having seen one another, I couldn't allow that to happen. I chose to keep her on life support, knowing full well she may recover. Throughout the course of the week, she made little benchmarks, little milestones, and my mama was ready to come meet her. Her by, mama. Her mama was ready to come meet her. And by some miracle, our little bean made a full recovery. Hell yeah. They told us Yay. she would be mentally disabled. She would have trouble developing. All these obstacles lay ahead. Fast forward 14 months. Uh, Carolina, Carolan, Ka- Carolan, Bryce Sholey, CB like champ, LOL, is completely healthy and has no long standing issues. She has no development problems or mental defects. I know Zach follows me on Insta and he could tell you, as I know he likes many of my pictures and videos I post of her. She's a happy little bean. There was one night in my life that made me that my emotional switch flip. I still cry during Remember the Titans like a big old baby, but I also found a strength and I will net that I never knew I had. Sorry for the long book. Love y'all. Love DNVR, a fan for life. Well, that was nice. certainly a worthy long comment. Yes, it was. And almost got me right then and there. Yes, that uh, was, uh, boy, that, s- that happy ending mm-hmm. is I know, everything. I'm saying, I'm so thankful that it was a happy ending uh, and great job being strong 
when definitely there were some people that needed you. I can't imagine having to leave one hospital to go to another hospital. Oh, gosh. Oh, not at all. Nightmarish, yeah. but I'm so, so happy that, uh, that that has a happy ending. I have goosebumps. Yes. Colin Gus Masterson. What's up, my dudes? I have a couple of questions and one concern. One, you guys talked about the need for speed on offense when Rich Gangarello was our OC because the West Coast just requires a speed guy to pair with a big physical receiver. Does the new offense change our needs there? Would LaVisca then be our top fit, assuming both players are on the board at 15? Uh, I'd, I'd ha- the only person who can know the answer to that is Pat Shermer. Both would really make sense. There's a way to make them both really make sense. Depends. Does he want speed and power or more speed a lot less power it should from everything it should be the speed by taking all the shots and how we know shots are going to be emphasized but he also loves yak receivers mm-hmm. yeah you need speed that's the priority if you can get speed and power great that's the unicorn but if you can only get one you need speed this offense actually probably needs vertical speed more than it did even before to stretch the field. Number two, my brother is in school right now and wants to be a park ranger. Almost all his classes are dedicated to nature studies, survival skills, and he's required to hike and camp a lot. Because of this, he's always making foods that are odd but come from the environment he is living in. Recently, he discovered that he can deep fry dandelions and flower petals to make an incredible combination of flower chips and dandelion bits. He calls them front yard fryers. Would you be interested in trying these? Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely, I would. Yeah, yeah. Zach's had a bad experience before, eating a flower. I mean, yeah, it's maybe deep fried's better. I've gone on record as saying I would try a tarantula burger. So I absolutely would try this. What is that? There's a restaurant in Durham, North Carolina that does exotic meats. And every couple, like like two months out of the year, they do a tarantula burger. And I have said I would try it. They just cook the tarantula? Yes. Nope, I'm out. Sorry. I'll try 99% of things. That's one thing I'm not doing. I hate spiders. I don't even have a spider thing. And that's still giving me the heebie-jeebies. That's so messed up. Okay. <laughs> Three. I think it's awesome you tried though, Mace. I'll have a bite. I'm not saying I'll eat the whole thing. I'll have a bite. I'm scared of what happens when you bite into the middle. Oh. oh okay. Maybe oh, I'm not. I'll have the legs. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they're loosening your. They're loosening your system. Oh. They, the little baby spiders start eating up your stomach oh, and your start intestines. Out my There's stomach. honestly so many people who are probably triggered by this right now. <laughs> number three, Mr. Bowen. Number four, I am fully on board with the Broncos' chances at a run for the playoffs next year, but I'm concerned that Denver won't focus enough into building depth on the roster. If you guys are right, then Elway will bring in all these big-name free agents and draft picks to play for the Broncos, but won't target O-line depth or depth in the secondary, it worries me. Thoughts? Have the best day of your life, Colin Gus Masterson. Depth is a luxury. You have to have good play. You ha- you can't be using depth pieces as starters, which is what's happening right now. You got to get the starters lined up, and then you can start building depth. I agree with you, though, Colin. If they spend $80 million, $70, 60000000 million this offseason, and it's not on, there's not a starter on the offensive line, then that is poor management. From Knights of Locke. Glad to see this offseason food talk has picked up right where it left off last offseason. And I would like to throw in my two cents. As far as burritos go, you can't beat Pancheros. I know it's been brought up before, but the fresh pressed tortilla makes the whole burrito. Also, uh, my top five top Pop-Tart flavors have to agree with Mace. One blueberry, two strawberry, three brown sugar, 
four s'mores, five wild berry. Now on to the Broncos. What do you think the starting O-line will look like in 2020? I personally think it will be Bowles, Reisner, McGovern, rookie, Juwan James. I think I think McGovern ends up signing somewhere else. Okay. Um, I think there's one rookie involved. I'm also going to uh, take the wild card here and say Patrick Morris is your starting center in 2020. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm going to go veteran outside the organization at right guard for next year. Okay. Um, what one of you guys? Brandon right? Scherf. Sure. There you go. Miller Light 602. Glad to have you back, Mace. I saw something on social media today that said every one of the main coaches on the staff have at least 20 years of experience coaching in the league and are coaching one of the the league's youngest teams. That being said, what are your guys' predictions of the Broncos' record next year with incoming free agents and if we hit on our draft picks? Keep it up, boys, and have a good weekend. We all think they're going to the playoffs. Especially if they hit on their draft picks and their free agents. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think we'll talk about the record once we get the schedule as far as when the games are. And we have to know what the team's going to look like. If everything yeah. goes right, why not 14-2? and two? Right. <laughs> Bronco and SF, this discovery of what makes a sandwich is genius. Can anyone think of a solid rebuttal? There have been attempts. I just think they were futile. Yep. Uh, for the draft, I think the key teams in front of us are the Chargers, Raiders, Bucks, and Colts. Those are the teams that I could see taking a wide receiver. That may, What makes this interesting to me is that I could also see them taking a quarterback. This could push Judy or CD down to us. What are the chances Herbert Love or other top picks push down one of the top wide receivers? We're I would be flabbergasted if the Bucks took a wide receiver. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're in great shape at wide receiver. Now, the thing the Bucks could do though that could affect the Broncos, what? they could they could go offensive line. They they could go really anywhere on defense if that's a direction the Broncos want to go in. They, if they want to help Jameis out, they draft a cornerback and play him at wide receiver. Knock all those interceptions down. From Jack M, going to be in Denver in August. When is the DNVR open? That's not planned yet, but it always has been in August, so maybe we can work it with when you're going to be here. Yep. Next one from Shaggy McLovin the third. Hey guys, so last night I had a dream where I was at a game in Denver. Somehow I was on the sidelines chilling on the bench with Lindsay, Chenault, and Winfrey. All had big games and were killing the Patriots. What was weird is only these three were not in Broncos uniforms, but in gold and black uniforms from CU. The better uniform. Weird, but was awesome in a dream. Even though they couldn't bring a championship to Colorado in school, it would be amazing if they could do it in the NFL. Also, does bringing in Pat Shermer help develop Winfrey? Could he fit better in that system? Talked about that a little bit yesterday. It's possible for sure. I mean, he's a good wide receiver with all of the tools to be a good wide receiver. He has to get past the injury thing and whatever else was holding him back this year. I don't know if it was knowledge of the playbook. I know they didn't necessarily trust him on special teams. So he's got to get over a few hurdles here. And that's why I say mm, he could help him, but I'm not going to say that will help him just because I think there were other things. It wasn't just Scangarello holding him back. Okay, Tim Patrick, Jawan Winfrey are both on the team in the regular season. Probably. Uh, who was the last receiver on the roster right this year? Was it Winfrey? Well, Winfrey and then Fred him? Brown. Okay, Fred Brown gets but, pushed out, both of those but guys. But Fred Brown was active ahead of Winfrey. Yeah, but you don't need a Fred Brown around when you can when you upgrade the room a little bit. I'm but saying it, no. Yeah, because I, I think it's possible that you draft two receivers and those guys are ticketed to make the team. I think Deshaun Hamilton still squeezes on the onto the roster. And then you're talking about Tim Patrick, Fred Brown, Jawan Winfrey, 
and anybody else battling for one or two spots. Yeah, if they draft two, then definitely one of those guys will be gone. And that's what I'm planning is is two. And I think the last one here, guys. No, we got no. two more because oh. we have one in under the wire. So this one's going to be from Tater Tot Tom. What are your typical weekend plans when you aren't covering a game? Watch more sports. <laughs> that would Pretty. be nice. I am usually schlepping my daughter to gymnastics or some birthday party or some play date or things like that. We're also in in a major kind of house uh, cleaning and organizing mode. So this weekend is going to be pretty hectic, and uh, there's not going to be a lot of game watching for me. And if what watching I do do, we'll be doing while be, while doing something else. Weekends are not really time off for me. Sorry, anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry about that's that. what happens, <laughs> guys. You get married and you have a kid. This is what happens. All right. Not get married on my list and no kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. Watch a lot of sports. If I'm not covering a game, probably more drinking involved. <laughs> yeah. um, this weekend, I'm mm. going up to Blackhawk for a buddy's birthday. Black. Do you have to say that one slow or anything? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Coming home a rich man. Hopefully. <laughs> and just a, in just a couple months, you'll be able to sports bet up there. I know. Be the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> From Brent G. The, the opening scene of Up made me cry like a small boy, and I'm not ashamed. Oh, wait, Zach, you never said what you do. You go hiking. Yeah, yeah, outdoors and sports. Sports and outdoors. Extravagant, like, healthy <laughs> meals. Some people would call it, what, new age? New age cooking. New age, new age cooking, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just... Uh, I know. Uh, I've never seen Up, so I can't relate. Very good movie. Don't remember the first scene specifically. The first scene is what makes it. Not that it isn't a good movie. <laughs> Zach but was easing in. The first... The, the, the popcorn ready. The first the scene movie. is what pulls you in. Okay. And again, it's a, it is an example of storytelling without dialogue that is brilliant have you guys seen that new commercial uh for the ipad that was they played over the holidays where they like the grandpa had lost his wife and they like spliced together this like video of the grandma for him and they put it on his ipad no oh that one got me oh so not cheesy it's it's that's a tearjerker what about the peloton commercial that's a tearjerker (laughs) <laughs> There's definitely a jerk she, involved. Yeah, she comes. The, the poor woman comes across like she's a hostage. <laughs> yeah, she does. Like she's scared. Like she's like she's saying this. St- like she's reading off a script that she's forced to say with a gun in her head. It's so it's weird. so terrible. The face she makes. Like I just don't know how they did. Six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, they tried to make a tearjerker. They tried to make it like a very emotional commercial and it totally blew up it's the sort of thing that you make and you regard as emotional when you're in a bubble and you're sitting around and like you're all in the room like oh everyone's like yeah this is great yeah group think right results in something like this insular group think in particular where you're all agreeing with something but you don't have any clue about how it's going to be perceived outside of your own little realm the peloton thing it's kind of it's kind of cultish it's really bizarre the weird thing is that um the reaction to it was misconstrued in a lot of places i kept seeing people like log on twitter and being like 
Why is everyone so outraged about this Peloton commercial? Like, are we really this soft in 2019? And it's like, everyone's not outraged. Everyone just thinks it's a, they, they totally missed the mark on <laughs> yeah. what they were trying to convey. Yep. People weren't like, this is terrible. Like you're right. I'm sure there was someone saying that, but the overarching like reaction was, wow, they really missed the mark mm, yep. here. This is not what they were trying to convey. They missed the mark so bad, their stro- stock dropped 11%. That's wild. From a commercial. Can you imagine like the decision makers in that company and how <laughs> mad they were? No. Can you imagine the shareholders? Oh. What kind of calls you were receiving? <laughs> My stock just dropped 11%. I lost <laughs> millions of dollars. What the bleepity bleep are you bleepity bleeps doing you think those are the people investing in peloton why is ed orger on their main investor (laughs) hey i'm having a press conference thank you god i love that guy all right i think that's gonna wrap it up for us today and this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoy a great weekend, a great championship weekend. I hope your weekend is a championship weekend. And uh, Dre, Andre Simone, and I will be talking to you next week from Mobile, Alabama. Yes. At the Oh, Bowl. and yes, that is a uh, programming note that we should get in here, and I'm sure we'll have to talk about it as well next week. We're not, we're not sending the full uh, barrage of DNVR guys down there this year. There are just some scheduling conflicts and travel conflicts and all sorts of other stuff. So it's Mace and Dre. They'll be talking to you next week, uh, and that will be great regardless. Um, those are our two guys who are most dialed into these drafts and these prospects, and so you're not going to miss out on anything with those two guys. But for now, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in all week, and have a great weekend. It's the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy spirit, 
then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirits staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.